We are recording. You got nothing? I, I, so I need time to mentally prepare. I got something. Okay, go for it. What is your opinion on frogs, everybody? Big fan. Big fan. Big, of, big fan. Big fan of frogs. Oh my God, are you kidding? The uh, fucking fun body design, the long tongue, cute little bulgy eyes. What's I, not to like? I just think they're brilliant. I think if someone didn't like frogs... I think there was something wrong with them. Oh, me too. Because if you don't like frogs, what else don't you like? That's what I'd be asking. Niamh. Yeah, I like frogs. Don't worry. Okay. Because if there was like a heel turn there where you were like... No, no, no. (laughs) Well, actually... I think frogs are kind of one of the most perfect designs. They are, aren't they? Yeah, they're so optimized. They can be simplified so well. Like like frog stuff is just... Yeah, I love it whenever I have to draw a frog because Mm -hmm. it's like... It's just just a little circle, another little circle, a little bulgy eye. Whenever I draw Jerno, I just draw him with a bunch of frogs. Same. Because yeah. that frog in the first episode was great. Green's a fun color. And, like, there's been no bad frog. Oh, yeah, I was, I was thinking <laughs> of Kermit. I was, th- I was just thinking of Kermit, and then I was like, well, what other frogs do I know? And I went straight to Pepe. And I'm, Pepe not- has had his redemption this year as well. Has he? Well, he was, like, kind of adopted by the Hong Kong protests a little bit. Oh yeah! Cool. He's a very yeah. He's malleable. Very flex- yeah, yeah. He's a very flexible frog. Yeah. Um. Have you ever eaten frogs? Hell no. They're one of the animals I wouldn't eat. I ate a, I, I ate frogs legs before in yep. France. Yeah, me too. They're very delicious. To be fair, I think it's another reason Shit. why I like frogs. Um. I like how once a year you'll see a frog in the wild and you're like, wow, you've yeah. been blessed by a frog. Would you ever eat cat? No, no, I don't know like, if I could I, eat I a cat. I, didn't, I could, don't think I could eat any animals I've been friends with. See, I, I love chickens. I think they're cute, but I've never been friends with a chicken. Yeah. I think if I was friends with a chicken, it would just... Yeah, if I had like a meaningful relationship with a chicken, like if the chicken knew my secrets, I wouldn't be able to eat a chicken. That, what are you laughing at? That poor chicken would just be like, please eat me and stop talking to me. Yeah. I don't care about your secrets. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you guys are so... You guys... When I was a child, little chicken... <laughs> Before it all went to shit. Goku, he wasn't there for me. But Vegeta, and the chicken's like, because <laughs> you're holding it and not letting go. But I'm like holding it like a little too tight. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck off. <laughs> you two have really been in fine form this evening. There was some stuff pre-podcast. I'm not going to repeat it. Couldn't handle that shit at all. I think I think we took one year away from your life. You did. Like you're not gonna live as long as you were supposed to live earlier this day. No, no, it's gone down, and I'm gonna get home. And Michelle's like another year. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. She's like, no. How old are you now, John? I'm not answering that in the podcast. You're like 109? 109. 108? Yeah, you're like 69, aren't you? Yeah. And I'm like fucking, I'm like 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And all that all adds up. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out our ages, like our canonical mental ages. Yeah. I'm so tired. Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. The world's strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with two of the best goddamn data analysts you are ever likely to meet. 
to my left, the master of code, the tracker of numbers, the inventor of information. It's Brian. My sample sizes are off the fucking charts. And to my right, the dark algorithm herself. It's Neve. You're not going to make money. Oh, dear. And with you, host. Oh, my God. I fucked that up. I said with you, host. With you always. I am your host. Germ. <laughs> uh-huh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Once more, once more. With you always. I am your host. Frog. <laughs> Frog doesn't even begin with J. Neve, I'm out of sounds. Okay, I'm out of J sounds. It's, I got, can't. it's got four letters and it's got the same vowel. It's yeah. frog. Okay, frog is fine. Frog is very cute though. Okay. Well, mm. Excuse me? What's what you, I'm I'm cute. I'm fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I'm way cuter. It's true. You're like you know, you're like handsome. <laughs> but you don't want you know that You said that with such disdain. Yeah, but you know. Like serial killers are handsome. I, I, man, if I had a penny for every time someone told me I looked like a serial killer, <laughs> you'd have like two euro. Yeah, wow. but that's like two hundred people, yeah. so it's a lot. That's a small fortune. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I don't know what it is, but I think some people think I have a kind of murdery face. You do wear a hat that says "kill" on it, so when you're talking directly to you. <laughs> okay. I've explained this before. I wear the kill hat because I think it's hilarious. Because of course I never actually kill anyone. But I understand that if you don't know me, the joke might be lost on you somewhat. You which is why I wear that hat with less frequency. Okay. What are you going to say, Brian? No, just you have a threatening aura. Yeah, I've been, I've been told that as well. Like, you know how John will be like, can I talk to you oh, outside? you guys are so bad about that. Like, I don't do that. John will be like, I maybe did that once ever, and it's just turned into this massive thing. You'll be like, can I, can I, can I talk to you outside? Whenever, whenever I'm... And you get a pit in your stomach, and you're like, here it is. Yeah, here, I was, I've taught, I've been fired from this podcast like four times. Neve, I don't own this podcast. I know, it was really confusing. I was like, <laughs> what's happening? And what, what happened instead? Uh, we we just, had a lovely yeah, time. We had a nice time. But why does it have to be so, like, sinister? I try and not make it sinister. The last time I sent you a message, Neve, I wanted to hang out. I worked on that message for, like, two days. <laughs> uh, it was less sinister. Because you guys are such little babies. <laughs> we don't know. Like, it could be, could be today is the day you finally fucking snap. Yeah. No, like, I'm not saying that day won't come, but I'm saying I sure as shit won't tell you about it. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. Brian, are you wearing a t-shirt that just says frog on it? Is this why it came up? Yeah, yeah. I like frogs, okay? Yeah, it's a great t-shirt. Yeah, it's a great shirt. It, I just don't, I'm only noticing it now. It's just strapped into this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And it says frog. But the old, There's the, no frog on the, the actual shirt. There is. He's right. He's holding the guitar. No, that's an alien. That's a frog. No, it's not. That's it's a eye. frog. Okay. The eyes are okay, not in the We're going to need to use this as a piece of the podcast art. So good luck with that, Neil. <laughs> okay. I could, I could send you some frogs if you want. Uh, no, we need a shot of that specific t-shirt. Yeah. Because that's an alien and everyone will agree. It's a frog. Maybe it's an alien frog, but it's a fucking frog. I can jive with alien frog, but not with... I, I just got this t-shirt because it was done in MS Paint and I thought it was very funny that... You know how like people on like Etsy and stuff like that are doing these like really, really nice artwork on their t-shirts and some dude comes along and does like a fucking MS Paint drawing on a very like... like uh, it's feel- so small as well. Yeah. It's a really, really good quality t-shirt with a really good quality drawing. Yeah. 
that says frog. <laughs> Do you guys remember that time in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when a bunch of Teenage Mutant frogs showed up? No, but I presume it ended in sex. It did actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird. Just like at the end of this children's cartoon, just seven minutes of just hardcore sex. I don't cool. know what to make of it. <laughs> Didn't even know what they were doing. My mom had to explain it to me. Guys, I have an announcement. <laughs> Go on. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but I'm going to be a guest at MAGFest this year. They're letting That's, you back in. They're letting me back in. That's cool. Congrats. This time they're even bringing me themselves. What a poor choice on their part, but let's all just go with it. And you guys know that I like to I like to bring like a bodyguard along when I'm going to Magfest. And so I was thinking, what would you say if we go together? Neve! Oh god no. Oh. I will not be your henny penny. What the fuck is a henny penny? Your chicken. You'll complain about the world falling down. This is a very layered joke. Oh, God. Brian? Uh, no. Please. Okay, fine. I'll go. Me to- and Brian are going to MAGFest. <laughs> I'll go to MAGFest with you. Yeah, no, we're very excited. And um, hopefully, me will be getting next year. Yeah, next year. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, 2021, year of the Lord, Neve. Year, year, year of the year, Lord, Neve. Year of the Frog. It's... <laughs> Um, if you have any Let's Fight a Boss questions, I will answer them on behalf of Neve and John. Do not <laughs> ask John anything about Let's Fight a Boss at MAGFest. I don't know if I've ever done a panel and not got asked Let's Fight a Boss questions. Well, I'll go up and answer them and I'll have some pre-recorded messages or answers from Neve yeah. that may or may not be within the context <laughs> of the question. You can just play one at random yeah. and hopefully you'll get an answer. Hello, MAGFest. But it'll be fun. Me and Brian have traveled actually quite a bit together, haven't we? We have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we've sat on airplanes beside each other and I watch you uh, get food on you and you're like, Brian, no. <laughs> Whenever I take the photo. Oh, I hate it when you do that. And when we share a hotel room, it's like the odd couple, like... I'm like the tidy one and you're like the fucking disgusting slob. That's not true. <laughs> God, I eat be- I eat cheese in bed that one time. That's disgusting. Why would you eat cheese in bed? Yeah. Because it was delicious cheese for a dear friend. Also, I think cheese in bed is meant to like just give people nightmares. Yeah, it's supposed to give you like fart terrors. That's you know? why it's <laughs> fart terrors. It's like you're... <laughs> I welcome the nightmares. Um, and maybe I'll make you a bath again. Yeah, that was appreciated. I, I make a good bath. No, I, no, 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 my bodyguards oh. have ever made me a bath. <laughs> I'll make you a mean bath, John. If Rebecca comes on holidays with me again, could you just mention to her that it is nice? That you do enjoy a bath? Yeah. Okay. But like, not in a weird way. Like, okay, make I'll, it weird. I'll make it not weird. Yes. I'll, I'll make the bath request from my girlfriend not weird. It's yeah, just cool, a personal gesture from yeah. one person, yeah, one human to another. It's just something that the human body dips themselves into. Yeah. I played Red Dead 2. I know how bats work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the simulated bath experience you've always wanted. <laughs> Neve, you've watched The Dark Materials. I have. This is a BBC HBO adaptation of Philip Pullman's uh, book series. Uh, yeah. What did I say wrong? I think it's Harry Potter. <laughs> no. No, God, no. Read another book. Yeah, okay, if okay. you're going to read another book, maybe read this book because okay, it's sorry. better than Harry My Potter. Mistake. Go on. 
Uh, it's a it's a trilogy. The Northern Lights, the Golden Compass, and Sol- no, 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 no. The Northern Lights, the, the subtle no, the subtle knife, and the amber spyglass in some order. Then uh, it's called the Golden Compass in North in North America because oh. like they're like, what's the Northern Lights? It's it's one of my favorite book series. It's yeah, so good. So like the movie with Nicole Kidman and um, James Bond face. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Danny Radbones himself. <laughs> Danny Radbones. That's what I call him. I know, I know. I'm I remember. Friends with and him. it was really good. Uh, well, that's called The Golden Compass because it's American. So this is called His Dark Materials after the name of the trilogy. And it stars Daphne Keene, who you might remember from Logan. She was Lyra in Logan. As Lyra, uh, uh, she was Laura in Logan and she is now Lyra in His Dark Materials. And in the world of his dark materials, every human has an animal companion that they're born with. And the animal companion is basically a physical manifestation of your inner self or maybe even your soul. Like, it's it's that concept. And as you are a child... Jesus Christ. <laughs> John. Get it together. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I mentioned the concept of a soul. <laughs> <laughs> felt a deep emptiness there for once. It's <laughs> like, what is this? So there you go, everyone. Uh, John confirmed to not have a soul. Dark well, Prince, no soul. <laughs> revelations are coming hard and fast this episode. Um, kids have, uh, like, their demon is always in flux, and then it kind of settles, and you kind of have your animal companion for life. And it's a really great series, and it's a really great book series that was one of the first things I'd ever read and ever experienced medium, um, media-wise that kind of was critical of organized religion. And that tone, obviously, is very, very present in the His Dark Materials adaptation. Like, the church in it looks, like, super fashy <laughs> in a way. Like, yeah. very concrete. It does. Uh, it's like it's it's very a very cold and logical environment. Yeah, uh, the it it looks good. Like I think for a TV uh, series that by its nature that is going to have a lot of CG because of the animals, it looks pretty good. There's some animals that don't look as good as others. Like I think birds kind of look a little fucky, but uh, generally, Halo and stuff looks just kind of fucky. Yeah, like I think maybe he's a real bird, and they kind of explain in the TV adaptation as well that some demons are like a little shy, so maybe their demon you won't see them, and that's a kind of good explanation to not have loads of CG animals running all around the place. As the character of Miss Coulter in it is brilliant. I think this is the be- best vi- like version of her so far. Um, there's a scene in it where she slaps her demon which is a golden monkey and it was so visceral I was that just like was oh so shit yeah. because the monkey is her soul and she's just hitting it but the you know they, the the demons also have their own like personhood like they're not just a manifestation they have their own intelligence and their own personality but it is also it's kind of it was it was an interesting moment um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes it's eight episodes long this season and it's been renewed for a second season for another eight episodes and yeah it's the adaptation I think this book needed because that movie was terrible yeah it was it's not a very good film mm-hmm. remember getting remember there's some pretty 
some pretty raw shit that happens at the end of that first book. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And, like, the whole film was such a, like, a kid's movie, and I hated that. And I was like, but we're going to get to the fucking end. Then we're going to see what's up. <laughs> and then we get to the end, and it's basically a very bad thing is meant to happen one of the characters. And I was like, you're about to get it now, you little fuck. And then they, like, got on a blimp and just flew away, and the credits rolled. And I was like, no! No! It's like, it is a really dark series. Like, there's a whole pile of dark twists and turns where you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, and I didn't read it oh. as, like, a young kid. I read it as, like, a teenager. And even mm. then, there was some stuff where I was like, oh, I don't feel good. Have you been watching it, Brian? Yeah, I'm three episodes in. Uh, there's four of them out, isn't there? Yeah. Have you watched all four? Yeah. Um, the first three kind of definitely kind of set up the beginning, of the, the first few chapters of the book. Chapter four or episode four seems to be they're they're getting on the airship and they're actually going to a new location. Um, is it Lin Manuel Miranda's the the guy? What? <laughs> what did you say to yeah, me, what, what, Brian? What the fuck are you talking about? He's a he's a Broadway actor. Is he in this? Yeah. Sure. Or maybe yeah, he was right. in a preview. I saw him in a preview and I was like, oh, that's cool. The polar bears are going to show up soon. I like the polar bears. The polar bears are great. Polar bears are good. Do you think it's a good, a good, I think good it's, show? I think it's great. Um, it's directed by Tom Hooper. Who's, I don't really like his films. I like some of his films. He's making cats. Well, he's going to turn it around with that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, his whole thing is he films in very large rooms with one person and the camera swings around a lot. There's a lot of ha- uh, handheld, like... It, it, it looks like a skate video, but set in, yeah, like, I was, Victorian I, well, I England. Yeah, I the first episode, and I was mm. like, what is going on with the handheld stuff? That's, uh, yeah, he shoots stuff real funny. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I watch it once a week, and I have a nice time. Cool. Guys, I watched the 13th season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Wow. Yep. I can't, 13. I can't believe it's 13 seasons of this. Yeah. Um, I was a little worried going into this season because aside from like an absolutely like amazing conclusion to the 12th season, I thought that season was really weak. I thought um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the writing felt really kind of half-baked and I thought it had like just some of the weakest episodes of Always Sunny in general. This was such a return to form. Like I really, really enjoyed a lot of the episodes and even the episodes I didn't love, I appreciated that they were really trying something. Like, they have one episode, and it's a noir episode about Charlie. <laughs> and, you know, it's not the one with the most laughs or anything, but it's actually quite beautifully shot. And, like, you know, they've treated the footage really well, so it looks very convincingly noir. And I really liked stuff like that. But my favorite episode of the whole thing is actually, like... And there, there's, there is some really funny episodes, but the last episode is about... They're all playing laser tag. And it's... As they're playing it, they're like the best team. But then they're starting to see this other guy called Big Mo, like, come up the um, rankings. It's a really weird episode because it's called Waiting for Big Mo, as in, like, Waiting for Gatto. But it's also using the soundtrack of The Shining. Okay. I have no... I still have no idea why. But what happens is it's like Dennis trying to get them all to stay in the base and play this one very specific way that's not fun to play, but it'll mean they'll win. 
and it's them coming to the realization that they don't want to play this way anymore they want to do new and weird stuff and after a while you start to realize that this is an episode about making always sunny Mm. because it's been 13 seasons and it's really oddly heartfelt and sad and I just thought it was a great piece of television and considering how strong season 12 ended like I, I, it didn't maybe have as much of an impact as that because like with the end of season 12 I felt like Always Sunny is 12 seasons of just fucking the most miserable people on earth and then the 12th episode of that is this real just raw beautiful expression of honesty and it hits so hard because of that it's like the most contrasting thing in that show and like it didn't hit me as hard as that but it was a really good look at i guess what kind of mindset the creators are in you know yeah and in a way that wasn't like meta or like gimmicky that just felt kind of honest and good and i think that's a really fantastic tv show and i don't know if they're going to make more of it i think they are but um I'm very happy it exists. I think it's like it's like one of the best sitcoms of our generation. Yeah, I agree. Um, this one kind of snuck out. I didn't realize this was airing until it was yeah. over. Until yeah. I heard people talk about the final episode. Um, is Dennis back for the whole season? Of yeah, this and one? It from I had the feeling in the last one he he was maybe like not writing as many episodes. Mm. The writing was like it's good. So yeah, and he's 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 in every episode. Yeah, because cool. he was missing about 50% of the last season. Yeah. yeah, Just wasn't in the room when it happened. The Dennis doll was pretty funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, uh, Brian. Yeah. You watched Klaus? Klaus. Do you guys know what this film is? Yeah, it's I the Netflix yesterday. animated, looks like 3D, but is actually 2D. Yeah. Um, Christmas movie. This movie's been years of development, and I remember seeing, like, tests of it, like, back in... 2016 and i was like what wow look at this it's definitely for animators made by animators for animators um it's very cool that it's on netflix and it got a like a wide release like that i think it's doing well uh, i think this is a good time of the year to get a christmas movie out good weekend previous weekend to get it out because uh, they released it like a couple of days ahead of frozen 2 um and it was a nice surprise i actually really liked it um it feels like a 90s Disney movie. And the main director, Sergio Pablos, he worked on uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules, those kind of movies, and it definitely has that kind of vibe to it. Um, it feels a bit like Emperor's New Groove as well. Um, like, the voice cast is like, the main guy is J- Jason uh, Schwartzman, but he's doing his best David Spade. So, like, he sounds like Cusco from Emperor's New Groove. Mm. And then uh, J.K. Simmons, I think, voices Santa Claus in it, which is really, really, really good casting. And it's just about, like, a fictional town up north that are at war with each other. It's basically Romeo and Juliet, where it's just a grey town with, like, two rival families that are split down the middle. And a postman shows up and he has to deliver 6,000 letters in this town. And he ends up making friends with this weird old man who lives out in the middle of nowhere called Klaus, who is a toy maker. And it's how Santa became to be. That is like Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) 
exactly the same <laughs> yeah, totally um when i saw the preview stuff for this i was a little bummed at the female character designs because klaus and the postman character are so interesting yeah. like and they're such fun animator designs but the female characters kind of got the there's a school teacher a blonde school teacher yeah. she's voiced by rashida jones she's fine in it she has the animator woman design yep and i love that design it's like it's just kind of a, a little like disappointing in a in a movie where all the other designs are pushed so hard and so nice. There's an old lady voiced by Joan Cusack. She's pretty good. This film's 2D. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, it like it looks insane and it moves insane. Like it like it it looks great and. Is it funny? Um. Yeah. There's some good jokes in there. Like, what's the hook? You, you really think this is for mostly animators? Oh, yeah. No, it's for animators. Okay. It's, it's for people who like animation. I know a couple of animators who worked on it. Uh, they weren't paid very well. Man. And the studio is called SPA Studios, which stands for Sergio Pablos Animation Studios. Oh. So that kind of tells you a lot about, like, uh, where the uh, uh, passion came from. <laughs> uh, I like... It's it's better than I thought it'd be. I thought I'd be like, oh my god, this is going to be so obnoxious. And it, like, it wasn't as obnoxious as I thought it would be, and I thought it was decent. Cool. And it's one of the better animated movies I've seen uh, in the past week. I saw Frozen 2 as well, and I didn't get much out of that. Why don't you give us a little rundown of Frozen 2? Uh, it's underwhelming. It's got the characters, they're reintroduced... There's some stakes. They're they're okay, I guess. There's some really, really... There's a lot of themes in that film that don't go anywhere. And there's a bit where, like, it's 100% a children's movie. There is nothing there for adults to enjoy or, like, take. Like, because you know, the first one, there was, there was a lot of subtext and there was... There was stuff that, you know, you could think about afterwards. I totally, don't, yeah. I don't know what there is to think about afterwards in Frozen 2. There's a message about death that doesn't really mean anything because the ending is not earned and it's just a cop-out. Brian, sounds like a big thumbs up for Frozen 2. <laughs> no, like, it, it looks amazing. I'm yeah. going to go see it at the the weekend, so hopefully we'll talk about it again because I'm really curious. I'm, I'm, I'm a Frozen fan, so I'm, I'm curious to see. I liked kind of what some of the trailers showed. Like, Elsa fighting the sea looked cool. Yeah. That bit's brilliant. That bit's very good three minutes in the film. <laughs> I look forward to them. <laughs> no, like, it, like, there's some good stuff. Like, it looks amazing. I can't believe they've like, it, it like, it's the most insanely well animated thing Disney have ever made. Like, it's they 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 brought their A game to certain aspects of that film. But I think the story could have. It feels like it was written by a committee. Yeah, Disney feels like that now. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the success of the first one didn't help in that regard. No. More than like everyone wants their finger in the pie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It feels like it was taken away from the original staff and there was people going, can you have this, this and this in it? And they were like, that doesn't really work. And they were like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's going to be in it. Um, yeah, Disney are weird this year. They've done like so many live action or photorealistic live action animation remakes. Well, the the original animated ones were cartoons. Yeah. So I just had to get rid of that shit. Like I didn't even know they made a Lady in the Tramp remake, but they just sort of snuck it out. Yeah, I yeah heard something about that at some point. Yeah. I do, CG dogs 
you can train dogs to do shit. No, it, it, apparently Homeward is, Bound, the greatest film ever. Apparently Lady Trap is real dogs, but they just CGI the mouse. Yeah, I know their eyes as well. <laughs> oh dear. It's nothing. like, yeah, they just Frankenstein these poor dogs. The one that the dogs yeah. look at each other sexily. Yeah. Awesome. The one, the one at Dumbo where they like, it's just this really creepy, like photorealistic CGI elephant, but, but its eyes are on the front of its face instead of the side. So it just looks like a, a wrong animal. And then all the animals in the world will die out and children will think that elephants <laughs> look like yeah, that. Yeah, like someday elephants won't be around and that's yeah. what that's <laughs> the legacy and that's awful. Thanks, Disney. Thanks, Disney. Guys, I saw Promar, as did both of you. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Brian, why don't you... You, you, you really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think it's a, a cool film. Um, it was my second time seeing it. It was a lot easier to follow it the second time. Like, sometimes you're kind of blasted with a lot of visuals and you don't know where to follow the action in places. Also, I was very, very jet-lagged the first time I watched it. Much clearer to watch it the second time. I could follow every bit of it. Um, saw it with a bunch of anime fans that were having a blast. Yeah, they I, sure were. I was very happy for them. Yeah. Well, like, what are some of the parts of this? Because you're quite up on this movie. I think the colors, obviously. I, I really, really like um, the weapon and mech designs. Yeah. I like how <laughs> blocky everything is. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of really great designs in it. Um, I like the action. There's too much action. I wish there was a couple of lulls in it uh, just to kind of give it some breathing room. Yeah. Uh, I love the music. I love the soundtrack. Um, I like some of the motion graphics they have with all the like fractured lines and circles and squares and triangles. Yeah. And I like the bad guy. I think he's he's, he's a cool bad guy. Uh, the two main lads are interesting enough and I like that it starts off like it's a Saturday morning cartoon but it's not at all yeah I thought that was kind of funny um it was beautiful like it was a very visually pleasing movie and I, I kind of I, I did enjoy that aspect of it um part of me really felt like a lot of the visuals were like kind of cool or nice for the sake of nice as opposed to ever really kind of feeding into its narrative in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. Like, there was no real, I guess, camera shots to me that were, like, very, like, conveyed of, like, very conveyant of, like, what a character's feeling or, like, kind of anything like that. Like, I found there was kind of the visuals and there was the story and they very rarely overlapped, except maybe in the first two minutes which I really enjoyed. I remember afterwards, Brian, you were like, that two minutes didn't need to be there. And I was like, it's bit I liked. I didn't like that part. Yeah. I think that bit could have been like... What bit? Just the, the... You know the kind of grey bit at the start? Oh, I liked that a lot. That yeah, was, me too. That was I, kind of fun. I was so bored by that bit in the cinema. Um, I wanted the colour. I'm kind of like with John Wood, it, like it was visually very arresting and beautiful, but like, that's it had no story it was like two hours of action sequences with very little holding it together like i kept waiting for the emotional punch that would make that would go behind the big robot punch and i was just like i feel like i should be crying or really hype on this right now but i i'm, I'm not like i'm not here emotionally with any of these characters because there wasn't really a lot of character time there wasn't a lot of story development 
It felt like the story was the bones and outline of a narrative and there wasn't any flesh or heart. I think the heart of it was missing. It was kind of told there was a lot of heart through musical stings and a lot of like, I'm a good guy and a hero. And like, I was just like, yeah, I guess you are. I got a fire inside me. Yeah, I've got sure. a fire inside me that burns really bright. That and I'm going to put out the world. With- yeah, yeah. I, 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 I found the fire stuff conflicting. Because it's like, yeah, because one guy burns on the outside, one guy burns on the inside, but like, see, I didn't even get that. Like, that's a, that's a read that I like that I didn't get. But he's going to put out that fire with, he's going to rescue that fire. He's, he's going to fire that rescue. Yeah. Like, I, I I think the most human moment is when they're in the cave and, um, Leo is, uh, healing one of the burnishes. Yeah. There was a lot of action and it was very like bombastic action and like big massive things happening for a film with so many fights though i felt like none of the fights really told a story none of the fights were really that indicative of like the character's emotions like obviously at the end the main character feels very strongly about something and punches someone i I like the one where leo isn't in control of himself and he has the dragon the dragon fight is my favorite one it looked cool but like in terms of like I, like my complaint with the rest of the film where it was like it was cool stuff happening and just it didn't mm. really tap into like the emotions or narrative of any of the characters and like the example I kind of give is there's one part where the two characters the two main characters realize that they're basically on the same side and so they had they're having a fight in this really contained area which is a really cool idea but it's like they're talking over the fight but basically the choreography of the fight and the flow of the fight completely separate from the conversation they're having like it's not like one character starts winning and like and there's where starts winning the conversation and then starts winning in the fight it's just them bouncing off each other and that's what i felt this every fight scene in this film boiled down to it was two action figures slamming against each other um and i guess in a broader sense and like i, I would say with this i'm not the biggest girl Lagan fan i like it fine but i know there are people who are fucking crazy about Gurren Lagann. Like, I, I love how Gurren Lagann looks. And, like, I like some... I like think some of the episodes have some real good art and stuff as well. But I just get a little, like... When I see, like, you know, one of the robots turn into the size of the world and then punch the world, it's like... Yeah, like... that That's the most, like, Imaishi thing yeah. ever. And, like, no, it's cool, but it's, like, I've been here. You know, and like when I really like an artist, and I love Imaishi, like I think, it, like his, I love his illustrations. But I'm always like, well, what's what's like, what's this person gonna do next? Like that to me is the most exciting thing in the world, you know. And with this, it was like, yeah, yeah, like they're 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 burning souls powered a mech, and they beat the bad guy, and. I, for as much as I liked how the film looked, it did just leave me kind of hollow. I know everyone fucking loves this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever I don't like something everyone likes, I inevitably get a lot of people being like, oh, you're being contrary or you don't like this. Trust me, I would love to have liked this movie because this is another one of those things I'm going to have to toss on the pile that whenever I'm doing a panel or something like that, and someone's like, how much do you love My Hero Academia? Or like, what's your favorite ship from My Hero Academia? And I'm like, oh, I don't fucking know. This is going to be that 
for me. And I wish I liked it, you know, because, like, I, I love Kill a Kill. Like, I really, really do. For all, like, the problems that show has, it is, I love it so much. Is, is Kill a Kill your favorite, like, Imaishi trigger thing? By far. I think mine is still Dead Leaves. Oh, fuck, Dead Leaves is so good. Yeah, and that thing's 15 years old now. I think I need to go back and watch Dead Leaves again before I could kind of decide. Dead Leaves is fucking it's hot. It's amazing, yeah. Um, so, like, it's really... Like, I just watched it in the cinema, and I was left so cold by the end. It did not set me ablaze. I wish it did. I'm so happy people like it. And I'm so happy that, like, Japan produced a feature-length animation that's not based on anything, that isn't, like, you know, an adaptation of other material, and that it looks completely unlike anything else. I think that's so awesome, and I'm really glad that this happens. But, like, if I said that I was, like, into this movie on a personal level like that, I'd just be a lie, you know? Mm. And I'm not, and I can't pretend to be either. So there we go. Anime cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about it a little bit as well. Sorry, John. That's okay. Um, aesthetically, I thought it was really beautiful. I love the colors of it. I thought it looked great. Yeah, in that regard and I think if you're someone who likes um, real strong visual design then you should go see this there's like so many moments like there's like pink squares traveling up the screen on black and then it's like a down shot of a city with like pink squares on the rooftops and I loved all the city shots this really nice white against blue I think if you're um, into boarding and you're a board artist you'll probably love this there's a lot of cool shots and cool camera moves I wasn't expecting it to be uh, as 3D. I thought it was like a fully 2D film. So there's, there's there's a lot of camera rotations. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of 3D. Even the the like effects in it, uh, a lot of them are 3D. Another thing I liked that I thought was thematically interesting, how much thought they put into this little aspect, where I kind of thought the story was kind of just not present. Like it wasn't shallow. It just I didn't feel like it was there is uh, there's a moment when they're fighting and they're like they question if there's anyone in the building and the bad guy goes no don't worry everyone's underground and it's just like it took two lines to establish that no one's in the city and it's safe to destroy it and that makes total sense because the the main character is a firefighter who only wants to save people and the other guy uh, Leo the burnish says they never hurt people unless they had to so they establish that these two characters will never hurt people and then they just throw out a line or two there just to kind of remind you that n no one's getting hurt apart from the bad guy and like that's more than a marvel movie will do you know just throw out it just has to be a line and it's fine and there you go it's just like fine destroy the city now no one's no one's hurt uh, i like that a lot i thought it was just a little touch that kind of was in keeping with their characters um soundtrack's great yeah, I, liked I the, love the music. The motivations for the bad guys, the bad guy when he gives his spiel. There wasn't a lot to that character, mm -hmm. but I liked that little segment, especially when he was like, "This is why you're a fireman." Yeah, the the reason why he like encouraged him to be a fireman is so funny and stupid and makes complete sense. It's mm -hmm. real good trash bad guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a lot of people say this is a gay movie. It is absolutely not. There is no canonically gay stuff in this film at all. To be honest, the, the interactions with the two main characters are surprisingly less than I thought there was going to be. I thought they'd have more back and forth, more bickering. They, yeah, I mean, they gave people that one shot. 
Yeah, but and like early on, like, yeah, yeah. But earlier on, like they had done that exact same sh- um, shot with like uh, a boy and a girl as well. So you know, the only thing special about it was it was two boys that you don't usually see in anime. But I just think there's a lot of hype about this being canonically gay, and I mean subtextually not even there but you can headcanon it if you want for sure but it's just like I don't think it's true to say it is and if you do want a gay anime movie uh, Liz and the Bluebird is very very good and has a lot of you know just canon gayness in it and yeah that was just a thing I wanted to add because Twitter Twitter loves to lie to you about that shit I, I do think with that shot that was for people who enjoy like yowie and shit like it wasn't for gay oh, people yeah. and I know. fucking sucks you know that distinction is very rarely met online yeah I know um, the female characters in the film so there's the main girl Ina on the motorcycle there's a scene earlier on in the movie where they're ice skating and it has this like will they or won't they bit to it he has zero interest in her the main guy what's his name I uh I can't remember anyone's name in this film. I know fucking Gaston. Or it's something. Uh, Leo's the little blonde hair boy, and yeah. I think this is Garo. Gar- Garo. Garo or Gaio or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think Ina and her sister have one conversation in the movie, and they talk about how great the main character is. Yeah. Also, Trigger could not help be Trigger with some of those girl shots. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, gotta bend over in your mech. Yeah, like, I mean, you gotta. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you ride a mech. There was some stuff like that shot with the where it's like they're about to kiss and he drops her. It's like I've seen that so many times in anime and then there's another bit where like a girl's on the edge of a building and a SWAT team surround her and then she jumps off the building. Mm-hmm. But then a helicopter comes up and it's like yeah, that bit happened in Aladdin. And like that's that's not that's not it happened in Final Fantasy 10. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not like the just this film's problem, but like I I hate it when you're like, oh, there's that bit from every film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think even those bits can work if you kind of feel the emotion behind it. But when once you saw her there, you're like, she's gonna jump now. Like there was nothing behind it. A and lot then of like the time. it just the shot holds for like a second. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, she's on a some kind of air device. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, some a lot of people in the cinema seem to love it. And like I get, I get why people like this. This is like if you're if it gets you with its like kind of bombastic balls to the wall I am a man with emotion shit yeah I could see this being a good time did you know Um, the two main guys were gonna kiss I didn't know that at all or the kiss of life when the first kiss happened I was like I bet this is gonna yeah and when they established that he's a firefighter with medical training oh yeah see like I didn't know that was gonna happen second kiss I I think would have been a bit better if he wasn't like gross (laughs) yeah I like the one where he, like, yeah, because he looks up at him for a sec and he's like, but it's more like, gotcha, bud. But it's also the whole themes of, like, maybe the burnish maybe being this kind of stand-in for, for a minority group. Like, like at the start, it was kind of like, oh, this is like X-Men or something yeah, like yeah, that. It's, it's people on the fringes. the further fringes. the film went on, but, the more they stamped that Yeah, out. they totally stamped it out. And then at the end, they completely stamp it out. And it's not about that what yeah, at all. Yeah, the burnish has now been cured at the end. Yeah, of the it's just like, thank you. It's just like, and it's like, not only have they been cured, uh, Leo, now you can get a job and you can be part of society again. It's just like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. If if there was any themes there, they really didn't follow through with them at all. You're going to love Frozen 2, Neve. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, strategy talk. <laughs>
What are they? Who plays them? Has anyone ever played a video game? I... Because I hear a lot about them. But me personally? Nope. Not once. Okay, we're going to move on into news. <laughs> no, we, I think... We <laughs> Brian, put... you beat Chibi Robo. I did, I beat Chibi Robo. That That's a lovely game. I think that's my favorite game I played this year. Have we? Uh, uh, have I talked about it on the podcast? I know you did. And then I watched you play it. Yeah, I, I don't know if we, we talked about that experience. I will just say that is an infinitely charming game that I really want to play. Yeah, that story goes places. I thought it was just going to be like Animal Crossing or something where it's just like day-to-day mundane stuff. But then all of a sudden there's a story yeah. and you're like solving a mystery in the house. And there's... and not like a fun mystery. No, well, like, no it's kind of fun, but it's also kind of fucked up. The... Yeah, no, um... Like, I did not expect to see a grown woman crying on her bed because she found her husband's hidden expenses. They're getting a divorce. Yeah. It's not good. That got a bit fucking real. And the little girl, um, Jenny, who thinks she's a frog, uh, you can only talk to to her at night through a teddy bear because the teddy bear is her stand-in voice. That's so good. But later on, you talk to the teddy bear and the teddy bear comes to life and he's such a dickhead. That's... And the teddy there's bear, something. Yeah. Do you ever the watch, teddy bear just wants honey. Do you ever watch a kids show and there's this weird innocence to it to the point that it feels a little cruel? There was this one episode that used. There was this one show that used to be on television when I was little, and it was like it was about toys coming to life in a bedroom. And one of them was like an accordion, and one of them was a truck. Was this Super Ted? No, no. I, I, okay. I, I, I know the one. It was an Australian show, and it was actually people in costumes. In, like, a giant <laughs> children's bedroom. I never put that together. Oh, my fucking what, God. What, they were actually human people yeah. in costume? Yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you later. I can't remember what it's called, but I, I can make it happen. Whoa. But there was all these toys, right? But there was always something a little bit dark about this show. And do you remember the what was people? under the bed, Brian? I don't want to think about that. Okay, so sometimes they'd allude that there was something under the bed... But whenever they'd go under the bed, what they would have is they'd have, like, red, like, lace velvet. And they'd shine lights out through it. And they'd be like, oh no, the creature under the bed is waking up. And it was just... And they were all terrified of it. And it was really fucked up. And Chibi Robo felt a little bit like that to me. Where it's this super innocent world... But because it's so pure, the dark parts of it stand out so much. And I only watched Brian play it for like half an hour. There's some upsetting stuff. Um, they explain why the toys are alive at one point, and you, it's because of aliens. <laughs> oh, Chibi Robo. And there's a bit where you go back in time 10 years. That fucking game. Why Do you not? see the family like from like 12 years in the past? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. And, and Jenny's not born yet and <gasps> dad's arm wrestling with Giga Robo, the original Robosh and everything's way happier but it's all in sepia tone except for Chibi Robo. Arm wrestling does make things much better. It's, and like the game's only 12 hours long but like. I've just, I've never seen like a video essay on it or anything you know. I'm sure there's some out there but yeah. never when I watch I watch a lot of shit like this is a flawed gem but I would wear it proudly it's 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 good it's funny though because like about five seconds in I was in but then like our friend Matty was watching as well I remember him just being like I would never play this (laughs) really? (laughs) yeah he was just like no thank you this isn't destiny well he's really enjoying Death Stranding so I don't know yeah but um 
I was very taken with what you showed me. Yeah, um, I, 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 I think I, I, I'm sure I would have liked it 15 years ago, but I'm finally glad I got to play it, and it's in my heart forever. Brilliant. You should look up a video of it or something, Eve. I think there's a lot in there you'd like. Okay. I don't think you'd like playing it, but I think conceptually you'd be kind of into it. It plays fine. It's just a bit like it's very like it's in 3D, but you move left to right a whole bunch. You don't move back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be like you, you know when Bloodborne and Dark Souls when you're like walking across rafters yeah. up yeah. high in a church. It's a lot of that, but instead you're just like in a living room. I thought a lot of the animation was like really beautiful. Oh yeah, it's great. Eve. Yeah. You've been playing The Outer Worlds. I sure have. I have made my character. She looks cool. Uh, it does that thing where the hair presets are everyone's hairstyle in the world. So you're like, mm, glad I didn't pick that one. Yep. <laughs> I just don't do that. Just like make different hair presets, please. That's such a pet peeve of mine. I really don't like it. Agreed. Brian, you've been playing... <laughs> Um, I haven't too far into it, so I actually don't have much to say. Uh, I finished the kind of first big kind of um, moral quandary they put you against. This is this is if you haven't played it, it's um, the Outer Worlds is like a Fallout game or Skyrim, kind of a little Mass Effecty. It, it looks a bit like Bioshock as well, from what I saw of it. Yeah, aesthetically, it's kind of that. Especially its interiors. Yeah, that kind of nineteen. Uh, 40s uh but in space kind of thing honestly not my favorite aesthetic in mm. the world um but it, they, they're doing it well it's a very pretty game it's yeah it is isn't it? high contrast really bright colorful especially game. when you get to some of the other environments there's one that's on the surface of a planet and it's, it's beautiful like it's really gorgeous i look forward to getting there there's like a bit like uh, I heard the art director designed it with colorblind people in mind because he's colorblind himself, so it's very high contrast. I, t I think sometimes it works against it in a little way. Is Everything is very detailed. So if you kill an enemy and you want to loot it, you sometimes can lose where that body is. That has happened to me with quest items. Yeah, it's just like there isn't a very clear visual signifier of, what, of something when you're looking for it because everything is so densely saturated all the time um the kind of problem i have with it so far and hopefully this will change is the character i kind of specced at the start has very high conversations so very high persuade charm lie and very hard, um, high um sneak so my my thought process with this game and how i kind of usually play these games is that i would try and talk my way out of as much combat as possible and kind of use like a golden tongue character um and for the most part i can do that i can access different conversation trees that i would not normally not get but in the world there's these enemy types called marauders and from the moment you get out you land and you get out of your ship to in between every mission you basically have to fight and kill them yeah i think going into the game i was sort of expecting I guess from what I had heard like man if I never want to pick up a gun can I just not shoot a gun because like I had heard a lot about like how kind of flexible the systems were and stuff mm. it's really not that game no it really isn't and you're gonna shoot people yeah and I kind of figured that out pretty quickly but then I was kind of like damn I wouldn't have pumped everything into stealth because all stealth really gets you is 
the jump on someone to hit them harder and get a crit. So there is actually stats that feed back into your weapons. Like if you're like if your charisma is high, it you have a really high chance of stunning enemies. Mm. I think the idea is that like you say something intimidating to them as you're shooting them and they start cowering. So that is actually going to have positive effects in your combat. Yeah. But I would, I would like this game is so like it's 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 kind of like it's anti-capitalist or at least it's kind of trying to kind of present this kind of nuance questions about like different situations like you explained a few episodes ago about the tuna cannery situation mm-hmm. where you could pick either this uh, little town that's deep in the pocket of this capitalist machine that's like making people rent for their grave sites their grave plots or this kind of little um up and coming community that has splintered off from this and you kind of have to make the choice between the two and then your first character npc companion that you meet pravati kind of gives a very good pitch for saving the town kind of thing i love her yeah she's a great character um i really like her too but um I kind of thought because it was like so kind of like, oh, we're going to kind of deal with the morals of all of this that you would kind of maybe work that concept more into the combat, I guess. Like I've killed so many marauders, but like then it's kind of like, well, I'm on my high horse about this thing. And it's just like, okay, you know, Uh, so I'm a little disappointed with that. And I hope later on that will kind of dissipate a little bit. It probably won't. I'll just get over it. Um so I'm excited to kind of meet the rest of my companions and kind of go further on this journey because I think the writing is really really good and when I do get to use my charm and my lie and all of those it it is really fun to do that Neve, have you heard of Disco Elysium? I sure have but I haven't played it I only so, I only saw this today and I was like what the fuck name is this? I've played two hours of Disco Elysium okay and I kind of came away from it sort of shocked Okay. Because the game you want is Disco Elysium. At least from like what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. Now that said, like it comes with its own shit as well. I kind of felt sort of weird about it because like um it, it, it's a top down command and conquer kind of thing, isn't it? No. No? It's no, it's an a detective isometric point and click detective RPG. Oh, okay. But it's fucking crazy, like um I've kind of heard bits and people, bits and pieces about like different people talking about it, and I have only limited experience of it because my time's kind of been limited recently. But I keep thinking about it, and there's no combat in the game. Mm. There, you don't shoot a gun, or maybe there's a point where you can click on the option to shoot a gun, and the shooting will happen. But you're not aiming at targets. Just nothing like that. It's all conversation, and you basically like pick what kind of character you want to be and you can pick all these different abilities and like the one people keep talking about for example is like called inland empire and what this does is like this is basically your aptitude for reading the universe in the same way like york morgan does in deadly premonition or dale cooper does in like um twin peaks so you'll be looking into your coffee and you'll see a message in the coffee and be like oh i should do this you know Mm. and it's a strange game in a lot of ways. I was actually kind of put off it immediately because in the first kind of two hours, like, um, you meet a character and he's kind of throwing around some slurs and, like, they're blocked out, but they're slurs. I've seen people say that it actually approaches that stuff quite well. And, like, I guess the fact that there is, like, a 
bigoted character in the game doesn't mean the game itself is bigoted but it wasn't a great first impression do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean but um maybe something we talk about more in a future episode sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no, but, no, I'm, I'm, I've actually heard a lot about Disco Elysium because of what I'm talking about and yeah. kind of using conversation to kind of progress through your game. And I'm, yeah, I probably will pick it up at some stage. Yeah, there's something to it. Now, it's fucking slow. Mm. Like, this is a game where you're a detective, you wake up with amnesia, you have no idea what's happening. You figure it out by slowly walking around town and talking to the different people. And there's something to it, for sure. Cool. Well... Without our worlds, I'm going to stick with it and I hope I'm kind of turned around. Like, I'm not cold on it. I'm just a little, like, uh, reassessing what I thought I might get from it. Yeah. Especially coming off something like Prey as well, where it's kind of really, like, design your combat route kind of thing. Immersive sim. Yeah, immersive sim is the world we're looking for. Yeah. Couldn't... (laughs) Do you ever see the thing where like immersive sims are basically the games that kill studios because they're so difficult to make and no one buys them even though they're amazing? My God, I'm your audience. Um, but and like like a lot of people like give a lot of Mass Effect kind of parallels with this as well. And I don't know. One of the most charming aspects of Mass Effect is I gotta date the aliens and like I know there's no romance in the outer worlds as well. Again, not a not a deal breaker, but a little something I wish was there maybe. Maybe I'd be more into the world if I you was bone those aliens. If I was in love with an alien. <laughs> um, but yeah, she just wants her eight foot green woman. I who doesn't? No, I can argue <laughs> who doesn't? She Hulk. Wow, amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. I hope the story, like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the story is what's gonna be the thing that'll grab me because I'm a little disappointed that the combat is either. I'm going to go with melee, I've decided, because whacking people with a stick is really, really fun. I got pretty far sneaking up on people. And, and just whacking them, them yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm playing it on hard, like you suggested, and I can't imagine what normal is, because it's not it's that... It's not that hard. Yeah, it's not that if hard on hard. If there's a shooter that I can play on hard, it's not hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes, reassessing what I'm hoping to get out of it, and yeah, that's my very... Even like, I think I'd probably be a bit more up on it than you, but at the same time, it's still a game that I have to consciously make the decision to play whenever I play it. Because mm. you know the way there's some games, especially the games you love, and it's like, oh, fuck, it's in the cons, and I'm, I'm playing, and you're just, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, it's a time save. With Outer Worlds, I'm just like, I suppose I will open up my console and put the Outer Worlds in and play a couple of hours, and then I'm done, and I'm like, cool, but that real pull to go back isn't mm-hmm. there i'm actually interested in this game do you think i'd like it do you guys should give it a go I, um, if you want to borrow it after yeah. leave sure i'd be interested to see what you yeah. make of it because yeah me too because yeah. i saw some gameplay of it today and i thought it looked okay mm-hmm. i think um it's hard to say because you've never I, i've never seen you play something like this yeah and so it could like it could be totally up rally or you could just be like fuck this mm-hmm it's definitely well done. Like yeah. the writing's sharp and yeah. it knows what it is. I'm, I'm just getting a bit fed up with third person skill tree games. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? Do yeah, you know, do you know what I mean by those yeah. kind of games? Hundred percent. Um, maybe I need to not look at the fucking dude's back for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it time? No, it's not. Brian. Yeah. Tell us about Bloodstained. I started Bloodstained. Um. I got it on sale because it's normally 40 euro. I paid like 25. It looks like a Kickstarter game. Um, 
I can't believe they're charging 40 euro for that thing. Really? Um, yeah, like... People really like this game. I'm sure, well, maybe maybe they backed it on Kickstarter and they're saying that. <laughs> I know, I like it. I like, like I, I, I don't think it's the best game ever, but... No, I wish it, I wish it was the best game ever. Uh, you're How playing... far are you? Um, I'm off the ship, I'm on to the next, I, I guess this is the main area of the yeah. game now. Um, like, um... I think it does come into its own a little bit. Okay. Like, there, there is, like, a personality to that game that's really fun. Okay. Because I don't like how it looks. Yeah, no, it doesn't look great. No, and I don't... It looks, kind of, like, it looks like a mobile game sometimes. Oh, that is harsh and reasonable. Yeah, because um, I love the Igavanias uh, on the... Shoo! <laughs> Sorry. So sorry, everyone. Okay, fuck it. God damn it. Okay, rewind back to the start of that session. Brian, you've been playing Bloodstained. How's yeah. that going? Um, bless you, Niamh. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I really, really like the Game Boy Advance Castlevania games. Uh, I love Aria of Sorrow. Sorrow, that's the one with Soma Cruz. Soma Cruz is so fucking cool. Just, he fuck gets it. He does. I fucking get it for him. Uh, you read like Curse of the Moon as well, which we all played last Curse year. Curse of the Moon's fucking awesome. Okay, this is the horrible part. I, 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 like, I'll defend Bloodstained. I like it. Curse of the Moon is so much better than Bloodstained. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just so refined. Oh, How Curse did that the happen? Moon is just... Mwah! And it was just some like side project. Just some shitty yeah. side project that turned into, out to be fucking amazing and like it just exists just to kind of like for brand awareness for these and we the all love it yeah. yeah how often does that happen yeah super rarely and yeah. it looks great yeah it does every it, fucking pixel works its ass yeah, off it's all in the game. right place um I'll, I'll play a bit more bloodstained but like um regretting it Oh. I heard on the Switch it kind of runs maybe the worst. Oh, I'd say it does, yeah. <laughs> Are you running into that, like, problem? It just looks real slushy. Right. Yeah. It looks like someone scrambled the uh, the, 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 the uh, bit rate of the game. I think the main character is really cool. Yeah, she's cool. I think her design's too busy. Yeah, she she looks like a, a Fire Emblem character that needs a, 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 a third revision. <laughs> Like they're almost there, but they need Brian, to. You're saying a lot of things that I'm like, oh, poor bloodstained, but like, I'm not. I can't disagree. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, like, I, <laughs> I just from the makers of Bloodstained Curse of the Moon comes Bloodstained. What's this one called? Ritual of the Night. Ritual of the Night. They're like, what's going on, lads? <laughs> lads, come on now. At least we got Curse of the Moon out of it. Yeah, we did. No, I'm, like, I'm, I'll, I'll turn. So, you know what I was saying with Outer Worlds, where it's like, or Outer Worlds, where I'll kind of like poke at it and be like, yeah, no, this is fun. Bloodstained is like one degree more of that, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn on Bloodstained and play for an hour. And then I turn it on and like, I'm satisfied. I don't really want to keep going that much. But there's something about it I do like. Like, I, I do really like the main girl. I think she's really yeah. fun and her voice acting's great. And it's fun filling out the map and counting all the enemies and... And it, you do you see some batshit insane enemies. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And Have you met, like, the giant dogs or cats? I don't think so, not yet. And when I say a giant dog, it's like a giant Pomeranian with, like, horns. Alright, I'm down. See, stuff like that is good. Like, it does... It There is there is cool things about that game. Yeah, because, like, there's so many different enemies in those games, and they all have, like, a little, like, index name, and you can add them then to your bestiary. Like, I love all that. Yeah, that's kind of fun. But, yeah, I'm kind of kind of with you. 
before you get into what you want to get into, I'm giving a quick update on Death Stranding. I, I want to yeah. talk about it next week properly when I finish it, because I'm nearly finished it. Oh, Neve, last week you were like, I'm not finishing it. And in my head, I was like, yes, you are. Neve. Oh, no, I, I am. Uh, I really, really am enjoying the gameplay of this game a lot. It's right up my alley. I, I love traversing that environment. I think the and... gameplay of Death Stranding is fantastic. Yeah, like, uh, I'm I'm having a great time. The more stuff you unlock, the zip lines, the more locations you get to, it's like... I actually like going up the snowy mountain. I know that was kind of a a, a point for people where they were like, oh, fuck this. Yeah, me. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I, fuck that. I quite like the snowy mountain bit. Um, I hate the story of this so fucking much. I think it's the worst Kojima story ever. I think it's shallow and I think it's sometimes extremely mean-spirited. I think the word is like complicated. I think it's complicated and smart. <laughs> Actually, I, 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 I just want to add because I did have a very fun conversation with my friend Joe earlier on about Death Stranding because he's beatish mm-hmm. and it's his favorite game, but he thinks it's just utter wank. And he was like, but he was like, like eating it up, but he knows it's wank. And he was like, he said, I think Kojima is afraid of women and he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, he's a wife. I feel sorry for that woman. <laughs> Like he the, is a child. <laughs> the, the plant cells, there was photosynthesis happening, and so she couldn't. Ugh. She couldn't wear more. There's just a real weird mean streak to it, and it's just like the boss would be so disappointed. In yeah, her. there's just like like every time I reach a bit of story, I'm like, oh my god, stop talking! This is so awful. Just fucking stop it! And like, there's nothing to it. It's just so shallow. And if this, like, and like, I'm sure there's going to be a whole pile of thing pieces about how the BB is actually really Metal Gear as a franchise, and Norman's actually Kojima, and it's all about Kojima losing his baby. And I'm sure that's all there. But if the metaphor that like Kojima wants to use is that women are incubators for these BBs and stuff like that, and just how women are just treated overall in it, get a new metaphor, buddy. Like fucking anything. <laughs> Like literally anything else, dude. Yep, that's a fair way of putting it. Did you did you guys deliver the pizzas? Oh yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, and anything that isn't story critical, I'm like, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah, and I run I, off into I, the wasteland. I, I skipped the pizzas, but I did spend a lot of time investing in the roads because you need it's important you need to have roads. Some roads. Yeah, yeah. Infrastructure is important. Uh, someone asked in the YouTube comments how the fuck I could spend 36 hours in chapter 3. The answer is because I hate the story so much. I do everything in my power not to progress it. And that's what I'm doing in chapter 5 right now. Not progressing the story. Brian, did you knock them up? For fuck! Okay, uh, okay. well, let's start over again. Um, do Brian, you guys... just the end of your, your bloodstain <laughs> no, section. I'll just start over again. Do you guys like frogs? <laughs> like Great. <laughs> <laughs> we, I just caught the rest of it. I think frogs it. have been the only positive thing we've done about this episode. <gasps> we are just a bunch of bitches. We're yeah, not, just a I love video games. <laughs> no, like I do. I, I, we, we like stuff. It's just we just like the stuff we like so hard. Yeah, that's the thing. Like most of the time when I'm talking about it, like something I don't like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, like yeah. guys, guys, it's okay to be critical of something and still like it. It's fine. You don't have to attach your fucking personality to the media. It's not. It's just something you watch. Yeah, it's like grand. you can't identify mm-hmm. as the kind of loser who just hangs on to one fucking piece of media your entire life and keeps waiting for it to come back. That's just fucking pathetic. Let's talk about Shenmue 3. I think this is a game by a crazy person. Shenmue 3 is genuinely one of the most insane games I've ever played. And 
its brand of weirdness is so sincere that it's just bizarre. There is some of the most baffling game design decisions I have ever seen in a video game. Here's an example. For the I've played about seven or eight hours of it so far. For the majority of that, you're staying with you're staying in Shunwa's house, and Shunwa is the lady we've encountered on the Let's Play on the cover chocolate. of Chocolate Packets. Okay. okay. During the day, there's a particular spot in the house that Shunwa sits, and if you want to go and talk to Shunwa, you know when you leave the house in Shenmue One, Ryu takes off his shoe. Ryu takes off his shoes. Did you? Shenmue 3 is one of the most... <laughs> I don't think any... Uh, I, I tipped the mic again. Um, so, you know, if you, if you leave the house, Ryo takes, puts on his shoes. If you enter the house, Ryo takes them off. He does that except for this one tiny square of house where there's no way to exit the house or any rooms to go to. It's literally half of a room. You'll get a little cutscene of Ryo taking off his shoes. Then you go and talk to Shunwa... And then you leave and Ryo puts on his shoes and walks out the door. That is what this entire game is like. It is full of so many just absolutely baffling game design choices. When you leave the house in the morning, you get about 12 feet away from the house and a little cutscene plays of Shunwa being like, Ryo! And Ryo turns around and she waves and she's like, goodbye Ryo! And he's like, goodbye, I'll be back later. That plays every morning. You can't skip it. I, I I'm happy that Yu Suzuki has learned about valuing players' time. Yeah, because <laughs> get okay. Here's here's another mechanic. Yu Suzuki or Ryo's health is linked to his stamina. So imagine Shenmue One. Imagine if our health drained throughout the day. Oh, I would hate that. Yeah. That <laughs> would be not very be good. aggravating, wouldn't it? It'd be very stressful in the latter half of the day, yes. I just Or what if his health just runs out by lunchtime? Um, then you're kinda of done for the day, I guess. You have to find some food and eat it. <laughs> can you store food on you? You can. Okay. But also, its economy is not that forgiving. So like food costs money, and there's been some days where I spent my time poorly and I spent the whole day working to eat food. And then I ate the food at the end of the day and was left at the exact same place I started the next day. And so this is definitely still the same kind of gameplay as Shenmue where you start a day and you look for clues. You, uh, it's, it's as if nothing has changed. Okay. So what'll happen then is if your stamina drops too low, in other words, your health drops too low from walking around the village, if you try and press Ryo's accelerator, he'll say... I might fall over if I don't eat. Oh no. Yeah. Wait, does he still have his accelerator? You press R2 and he yes. runs? <laughs> brum brum. <laughs> brum brum, yeah, it's the exact same. Now he does control better. Okay. Like, the control isn't quite as stiff. But um This is a game so full of these decisions. And it's just Like I was talking to Brian earlier and he said that it sounds like it sounds like someone. It sounds like Yu Suzuki played Dark Souls, and I said, "No, Brian. It's like someone told Yu Suzuki about Dark Souls. That's what it's like." Yeah, the fact that there's like a health meter and a stamina meter, but like it's not the same thing at all. 
Yeah. Was that you, Suzuki, being like, better modernize this game? Yeah, and, <laughs> and if bring it is, stamina. that's literally his only fucking attempt to do it. But, like, that... Okay. That wasn't in one, and it wasn't in two. No, they've made the game more difficult to play. I want to play this game <laughs> When you're having convers- and by the way, the reason the voice acting for Shenmue is the way it is, is because of just this whole localization saga. It was one of the first times a fully voiced game happened, basically. No one knew how to do it. There was literally no experts on planet Earth in how to localize a large video game, a large fully voiced video game like Shenmue. The biggest comparison you could make would be something like a Final Fantasy game. They weren't voiced, you know? That's why this, and so then Suzuki insisted on doing it in Japan, and so they had picked from a tiny selection of actors. That's why Shenmue 1 sounds the way it sounds. Shenmue 3 sounds exactly the fucking same somehow! And I don't know how they did it! I don't know how you recreate those circumstances! Is the, are the voices still on mono, or...? They... No, the sound quality is much better. Okay, cause... Which only makes it weirder. <laughs> but it's still very stilted and uncomfortable. Some characters, and then some characters are actually fine. Like, some characters are just fine voice acting. Maybe it's just the direction. Maybe Yu Suzuki just likes the it that way. so strange. And so, you'll be talking to someone, and I showed you guys a video clip of this earlier. The scene will fade to black, and then fade back up, and they'll be in the same conversation. And that happens constantly. I don't get that. When you showed me that clip, I thought the clip was over twice. Yeah. And it's just insane. But do you like it? This is Shenmue 3. This is what you kickstarted. This is what you've been waiting for. This is my fault. Yeah. You can say it. <laughs> this is your fault. This is the game you deserve. I, do you like that it's all of these things? So when I turned it on and I saw fully rendered Ryo and Shanwa walking through the cave that I had left them in in 19 years ago. <laughs> yeah. So it, it starts directly after two as well, like just directly. Directly. Okay. Well, like, so, so this is him in the cave with, with, the, with, with the torch. Yes. Okay. Yep. I got so weirdly emotional, it's hard to describe. Like, I think I made this noise. <gasps> <laughs> so is that your Shenmue tree noise? Yeah. If you were capable of tears, would you have cried? Hey, I cry like once a year. <laughs> if, if, if you were going to waste it on this moment, would you have? No. Man, I still got it saved up, actually. Oh, what to choose. Something Christmas like... morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get to whether I like it. I'm sorry. We still have a long way to go. I'm so sorry, everybody. This was always going to happen. Look, it's Shenmue. It's going to take its time. Yeah. Um... I had heard about Shenmue that, like, it's... What I'd heard is this was the worst E3 demo of all time. <laughs> I heard it was a fucking mess. Heard, like, the thing the thing people were saying was, like, at, at, it was like a student trying to get a game working on Unreal. And I was very worried. And it's totally not that. Like, Shenmue 3... There's moments when, like, it doesn't just look good, it looks stunning. Like, genuinely beautiful and really atmospheric. Um, main, mostly in the environments. Like, the environments are 
incredible. And the way this Bailu village is rendered, it leaves me with no doubt that Yu Suzuki, there's some village in China he loves to visit and that it looks that because it is so rich with like culture just in every corner of it. Um, the example I was given was that I was searching like the, the hut of a Chinese stonemason and it felt so authentic to that. There were all these like perfectly rendered tools that I'd like never seen before. All these like giant jars of ink and these half carved rocks. And like it didn't just feel like a stonemason, it felt like a Chinese stonemason in 1980s. And it was fucking impressive. Like some of the best environmental design I've ever seen. And that is constant throughout the environments. It's beautiful. Like, it really looks good. The character models look like fucking shit sometimes. There's a weird um, thing with the character models where some of them look perfectly good. Like, Rio looks pretty nice. Yeah. Then other ones have, like, huge bobbleheads, but the rest of their bodies are tiny. Big cartoony features. Yeah. Giant noses. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just, like, just a normal stock body. And then some of the children look like shrunken down adult models. Some of the children. Oh, are, I love scaled down adults some of the, for some children. Some of the children are kind of cute. Like some of them, some mm-hmm. of their faces are actually really good. But I think that's what made it stand out because I was watching a little bit of a let's play, and some of them look like kids, like modeled kids, and other them look like shrunken, <laughs> shrunken adults masquerading as the children. I, yeah. lo- I love a tiny adult. It's so funny, and like the big adult is holding the small adult. Oh my god, that's someone's fetish, Brian. Yeah. yeah we're, we're getting, Fine. We're, okay. <laughs> um. So, the other thing then is like the combat. Um, I have to talk about things I really earnestly loved about Shenmue One and Two. Are you guys gonna, are you guys gonna be okay? I know you've been through a lot. That's, That's it's yeah, fine. Yeah, you've defeated us completely. I did. I have kind of broken yeah. you a little bit, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> Rage in Brian's eyes. Um. So, like, there's these two kind of theories of game design, which is, like, extrinsic reward and intrinsic reward. Extrinsic reward is, like, when it's, like, an external source within the video game validating you. Perfect example would be leveling up in an RPG. You're not actually any better at the game, but your character stats have gone up. It's external, it's extrinsic. Intrinsic is, like, you are better at a game. So, Neve, like, your kill-death ratio in in destiny has gotten better like you you know this trick with this weapon brian you like know like you know a new combo with a smash brothers character yeah shooters and fighting games tend to be mostly intrinsic except when they start lumping rpg mechanics on top what i loved about all the old shenmue games is like the combat was for the most part intrinsic as in that like there was there's a rhythm to those moves and like some of them are quite difficult to pull off and so you have to enter like directional inputs and you have to get used to performing that on command. And if you could, it wasn't difficult, but you could get really good at the combat in Shenmue. And one of the things I was kind of crushed with Shenmue 3 is they've changed it from like intrinsic reward to kind of extrinsic, where now what happens is you run into roadblocks. So you'll run into an enemy who's too strong for you to beat. And what you have to do is go back to the dojo and level up in order to be able to beat him. Oh, okay. Because it's literally like he'll swing, he'll he'll take a swing at you and he'll take off half your health. Right. 
So huh. you have to like go train at the dojo. And is there a way where you could feasibly beat them? Or are they just designed just in a Feas- way? You- no, feasibly you actually probably could beat them. You could time the dodges well enough and chip yeah, away. But the controls are also quite imprecise in a lot of ways. Um, and I was actually very worried. And this was going to be something I was going to come down on the game like a lot harder. Mm. But I actually spent a couple of hours with it today. And the nuances of the combat started to kind of show themselves to me. And it's maybe not quite as different as I thought it was. But it's quite stiff. And oh my god, the tutorial is so fucking bad. This tutorial is one blank... I I sent you guys a picture of it. And it's like three lines. And two of the... One of them is just like... Actually, I'm going to see if I can find it. Because I want to read it. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um... And so I was a bit bummed about that because I feel like a big kind of theme about Shenmue is like patience and training and learning to get better. And this has kind of taken that and sort of turned it into like leveling up. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was more genuine to the experience of being real if you're actually learning the timing of these moves yourself. And even like a thing that really annoys you when me and Brian play is we don't practice the moves because we don't want to waste time doing stupid shit. Yep. Uh, and you're like, but you have to practice your moves. I spend so much time going to the car park and practicing your moves. And it's kind of nearly self-directed in that sense. And it's kind of a way to embody Rio and probably what he would do. Yeah, like it seems like that, that but that's not what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're playing him, because we're role playing him our way, and it still kind of has that because you are actually like training. Mm-hmm. It's just turned it into a leveling up system as opposed to a you getting better system. Well, that's it. That's so, what I mean. It's we're kind of like it's now required of you to kind of do rather than like something that you would. You are grinding a you would karate do for yourself. boy. Yeah, and I was disappointed about that. But now that I'm kind of leveled up a little bit, like. The combat maybe isn't as simple as I thought it would be, but that like that is genuine. Okay, I have the tutorial here, right? I'm going to read you out the exact... This is all the tutorial you get in fighting. It says, Just hit the circle, square, triangle, X... Buttons. That's it. That's the first line. Just hit the circle, triangle, square, X buttons. That's all it says. Then the second line says, Try pressing the OR2 button. Then the third line says, eat and fill up before fighting. That's it. It's not a simple combat system at all. Like, there's mm. actual kind of nuance to it. And especially, like, how to set up your move loadouts and stuff like that. And, um... Do you, do you get a move directory of the moves you've learned? They do. And they've taken away, like, directional input. Okay. So, like, you're never tapping forward, forward anymore. Which I didn't, really didn't like at the start. But after thinking about it a bit, I kind of get it. Because it is difficult to orientate yourself sometimes. So, um, the combat's growing on me. It's such a weird fucking game. Like, it's the strangest game I've ever played. And it's strange in the way that the room is strange. The biggest piece of media I could compare Shenmue 3 to is the room. The Tommy Wiseau film. The Tommy Wiseau film. Why? Because it's this kind of just broken singular vision Yu Suzuki didn't compromise a fucking thing for this game we are playing his dream and it is the dream of a madman but like the room there is this sincerity to it 
that for all the shit I talk about it, I can't help but be endeared to. He loves this shit so much, and he's so genuine about it. And you can see it in, like, everything from, like, how Ryo acts to just the kind of shocking level of love that he's put into bringing this, like, location by Lou Village to life. It's kind of stunning, and, like, as broken as this game is, like... Yeah, this is like Shenmue 3. Like, it's not... It, this isn't a half-step. This is exactly the game he wants to make. And I kind of have to respect that, you know? And I don't always enjoy the game. I think there's... As I've said, like, just baffling design decisions with it. But this is the game he wanted to make. And this is the game that Shenmue fans deserve. Because fuck us. I could never recommend this game to someone who doesn't love Shenmue. But if... If you love Shenmue, yeah, this is Shenmue in every sense of the word, and it has shocked me a bit, you know what I mean? And I've seen people out there being like, Shenmue 3 is a legitimately good game. I think those people should be in prison. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so funny to see a consumer review, and so and the person's clearly a Shenmue fan, and then, they, and then it has like a 9 out of 10 at the bottom. And like, that's not... That's not a responsible thing to do. Yeah, it's it's not. I, I think it's fine if it was like an essay on Medium or something, mm -hmm. and you wrote those words that way, but to attach a number at the end or to recommend it to someone blind to the series isn't... I mean, I think as long as you're very clear that you're a fan of the series and like that's why it, you it, 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 that's where the score came from, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know? Like, it really feels like you're able to separate... The, the rose-tinted glasses of Shenmue to, like, what it is now and the acceptance and appreci appreciation that like, you have. I, I think I really like this game. And I think every hour I spend with it, I'm starting to like it more. A bad guy just showed up who kicked Ryo's ass. <gasps> that was fun. Cool. Um, And, like, you, you know, the slot machines are there and they're beautiful. And they're really well done, and the animation on them is gorgeous. A lot of the animation is actually quite lovely. And, like, you go to the arcade, and there's no more Sega arcades. Uh, because it's not a Sega game. Well, like, Sega's still on the... It's complicated. But, like, so Yu Suzuki has invented his own arcade machines. And some of them are, like, 1980s arcade machines, so they're not even digital. They're analog arcade machines. You play an analog racing game. And it's so fucking cool. This is a really weird game, and I like it, but I think if anything, I'm shocked at how Shenmue does, because the stuff I love about Shenmue, that's in this game. I have my daily routine, I get up every day, I pick herbs, I chop wood, I go to the temple and I train, I try and beat that Munkwai tiger, still can't beat him, and then I continue the adventure. It is my weird karate boy simulator still. And boy, oh boy, that is not for fucking everyone, but it's kind of for me. I think it's really funny in some ways that a lot of people, when they talk about Shenmue, they're like, you have to understand, at the time, this was like a huge leap in everything it was trying to do. And that's why it's kind of a little rubbishy. 
and then it comes out in 2019 and it's like it doesn't have that excuse anymore and it's just like this is the vision i think this is part of why like i'm kind of shocked by this game and i like i'm finding this very difficult to talk about part of the shock is recontextualizing what I thought Shenmue 1 was. Mm -hmm. Because, like, no, a lot of this wasn't down to technical limitation. This is exactly how Yu Suzuki wanted to make his game. It's fucking crazy. He's sticking to his guns. He is. And, like, it's the kind of thing is, like, if you haven't played Shenmue, Yu Suzuki is not only making no allowances for you, he doesn't know you exist, and he would refuse to believe it if someone told him. Imagine if he played Shenmue 3 and it had all these, like, game designs that were, like, predicting the next decade or two of games. I think that's Death Stranding. Oh my god. <laughs> like, imagine, like, like there, there probably is a game out now, and, like, we don't like it because we, yeah, because we're new. But in five years, we're going to be like, I love this loop. I just love everything about it. Neve? No. You're making a face. <laughs> no, maybe the gameplay. Um, I think this. All I'm saying is, I'm thinking this game could make for some real let's play gold sometime. Oh, oh no. Oh, we'll see. Oh my god. Uh, a game I hope I never have to play. <laughs> well, you won't play. Neither will I. Yeah, but I don't know how long I can do the game. <laughs> Keep taking that load. Neve only plays it because I play it and I get sad. And then Brian, like, you don't get sad. You get fucking. Pissed. You get so mad. Dude, this is the like Shenmue is the first time I've seen you really genuinely angry. Fucking hate. Like, I just. I'm like. I'm <laughs> like. I'm not like being a like. I'm not pretending or anything like that. This isn't a joke. I don't like those games. I've done a few let's plays where people are like. No scripted let's play. <laughs> it's like, but it never. Do you think I'd go to the fucking effort of scripting yeah. a let's play? <laughs> who, the, who does that? Who does that? Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a, like a real just a like diabolical. We, we script this podcast. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. 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 But like, you have to three act structure, a conflict, resolve all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's why we pronounce everything right all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's why I keep hitting the microphone. Like I, I like I those are written in. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Forty two thirty eight. Brian mm -hmm. hits microphone for second time. Yeah. John reacts. Returns to previous gag about restarting the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all. It's all right here. I was looking for papers to shuffle, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> no. No. It's all on our phones. It's all digital now. Guys, that's my that's my Shenmue three report. So game of the year? No. <laughs> Look, absolutely by, not. Let's game wait of the decade. Let's wait till you finish it because, like, something. Wait, isn't this only forty percent of the story? Yeah. <laughs> and just to be clear, forty percent of the story by the end of the game. Yu Suzuki is going to do a Wheel of Time and dies before he finishes this. Like, it's so brave to me that he thinks that people are going to pay him to make more after 18 years. I think you might have it flipped, Neve. I think none of us will survive to see Shenmue 7. Yeah. Hey, I don't think the planet will. <laughs> that tree's going to be around for a long time. Mm -hmm. I found a tree that my father had punched what it's a very emotional moment <laughs> yeah oh i'm sure God. it was oh i think ryu's dad and landy's dad were boyfriends 
That's some good fan fiction fodder. Yeah. Fan fiction. I could keep going. I'm not going to. I'll report back. Quick time events. The news part. There's some fucking hot burning issues in the video game world. Uh, Fresh into your ears. We are all professional gaming journalists. Um, Let's run these down. Number By that, one. I mean, we've browsed the headlines of Kotaku and you're a gamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is journalism. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them our secrets. <laughs> yeah, did you guys see this? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about yeah. it. It's real good. Just going to delete the name at the bottom of this article, Jason Schreier. <laughs> Get that guy out of here. I, I'm going to be real cheeky. You know, you know the way I'll type up the docket afterwards and I'll have, like, the headlines. I'll have to, like, Google it and, like, sort of plagiarize a headline because I don't know how to like it's it's the same news but how do you say the same news in a different way you don't you don't here's our opinions they're not good <laughs> I think we might need to start every podcast with that <laughs> yeah Jeff Keighley's Game Awards 2019 the nominees have been announced and the winner is Death Stranding yeah okay Just the like nominees yeah. the, the, the nominees are Control Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh my god, I hate this entire list! Sekiro, The Outer Worlds, and Smash Brothers Ultimate. I love that Smash is there, because Smash came out in December 2018, but it counts. I guess so. I kind of think it's kind of weird to put it there, just given other games that came out this year. Like, I think a lot of people would have liked to see maybe Devil May Cry 5 or... Yeah, it's weird that Devil May Cry 5 isn't there. And Three Houses, like Fire Emblem. Like, those were kind of big sellers and oh, but three years is anime yeah it's <laughs> is that just a no-go for I game for the game, game awards, awards totally. yeah yeah um, at least for like best game it's like how a horror film had never been nominated for best oscar it's so that sucks um it's yeah. kind of I, a few people were talking maybe about like jeff Keeley's kind of um conflict of interest with so, death stranding you know what i think that's some I think that is kind of bullshit. Yeah. And I also think, like, Famitsu's logo appearing in Death Stranding along with its former editor-in-chief, mm-hmm. that's fucked up. Don't do that. Like, do not do that. And you know, like, Jeff Keighley will make some kind of joke in a kind of Todd Howard-esque way of being like, maybe it's a conflict of interest. Oh, uh, Jeff Keighley's like... better than Todd Howard. Well, I don't mean... I Yeah, I mean, not hard. And but what not, I'm like, saying is say there will be really there will be a joke <laughs> made that will kind of make it okay, but they'll still do it's, it it's anyway. Not, like, it's, it's, it's not, not really not. okay. Yeah, they're going to do some grade-A lamp shading. It's yeah. going to be good. Um, Death Stranding will probably win, like, more than likely, because it's, it's a perfect narrative for them. Neve, what are you going to do if Death Stranding wins Best Story? I mean, I'm not surprised if it does. Like, I feel like Death Stranding is going to sweep these awards. These awards are like an advertising show. And like, it has a fan vote, but it's a blended vote that's 90% jury and 10% fan vote. So like... So like the fan vote doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, like for anything. Um, So like, yeah, I, I presume that Death Stranding will sweep this awards. Like... Yeah. Uh, like it, the narrative of it is too good. Like Hideo Kojima announced Death Stranding there, like he's shown three like, years ago. He's shown two trailers, I think, o- yeah. over the years yeah. as well. Jeff Keighley, if you literally type in Kojima wife in Google, not Kojima's wife, Kojima wife, because I f- spelled wrong, uh, a picture of him and Jeff Keighley comes that's up. What, that's what happens with me and Brian. <laughs> yeah. So like, I I just I doubt there's any way it's not gonna win. 
Yeah, I would really hope not. And Out of all of those, what would beat it? Read the list again. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Sekiro, I, I, I could see the Resident Outer Evil Worlds. 2 Remake taking it. Yeah, that's it's, Smash. Smash won't win. Yeah, Control maybe won't. Maybe Outer Worlds? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's got a good narrative as well. Yeah. Um. Sekiro, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I, I really feel Sekiro kind of came and went for a lot of people. Yeah. And I say that as someone who loves that game. I kind of feel that with, uh, like, with a lot of the other ones as well. Like, Resident Evil um, 2 Remake was, like, extremely hot for January and kind of hasn't oh, had I, the I same conversation. That was, that was pretty big. I, don't I think, know. like, you know, praise for that was nearly... Oh, universal. yeah, no, people, like, like loved it, but, like, I but, don't. But you know how with the Oscars, the Oscars are in March, but the films that do well are the films that are out in January mm. because mm. there's a two-month window in which they're still hot. Yeah. And Death Stranding has that two-month window. That, that's what I mean. It's just, like, Death Stranding is the kind of... The one people are talking about, yeah, it's a like game. Resident Evil Two, happened in January, which may as well have been last year. I, I I, so. Yeah, like 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 if someone said, "Oh, I was playing Sekiro," you'd be like, "Yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> why, why are you playing it now?" I mean, award shows are silly, mm-hmm. especially our award show. I think our award show is better than the Game Awards, but oh no, it is like definitely it's way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way way more person. It's got a better narrative. Yeah, just the. The death of three humans. Yeah. Google Stadia launches to a lukewarm reception. <laughs> yeah, it came out. Did you guys see it came out? Controller is not very good, apparently. Yeah. And, I, I, um, I'm, I'm just thinking a lot about controllers at the moment. I could see them turning it around next month. Did you see the free games next month? Is it like Tomb Raider and something else? Tomb Raider and Farming Simulator. Wait, wait. Sorry, I didn't finish. Tomb Raider and Farming Simulator Platinum Edition. <sighs> More cows. It's like any anyone who owns the literal this is Tomb Raider, like the first reboot one, owns that game like a million times on a million different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Stadio's uh, Stadia's lineup wasn't uh, good, and the only thing I can kind of the latency was bad for Destiny. Yeah. Like, so I, I'm not sure why? why you'd buy this console if you already own a console. Well. See, they're aiming this at people who don't own consoles, but who like video games. I don't think they are, though. They were aiming it at the hardcore. Oh, my! I, I, I don't I, think so. I have no interest but in this. But they were yeah. aiming it. They were like, it's got more teraflops than all of them put together. Uh, they should be aiming it at the most casual person possible who only wants to play maybe one game a year and doesn't want to bother with a console. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Google, where Google Stadia is next year. Like, there was reports going around that it was setting Roku's on fire. Yeah, I also heard the Chromecasts were like getting overheated as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, that Google Stadia is edging its way towards a shit show nomination. Yeah. yeah. At the moment, it's just like a sad piece of poo on the road and it is only like the premium release isn't it like the yeah. public release isn't proper yet yeah yeah maybe they'll turn it around who knows and yeah. maybe it's something that just needs more people playing it so they can iron out the kinks i do think like if streaming services were ever to reach like their potential like i think you would be talking about a massively disruptive technology that would change kind of how games are made which i don't know mm-hmm. if i want but i i think that's kind of what you could be looking at 
this does not feel like that. No. But, but it feels like a first attempt. Yeah, no, we'll see. Because Google are Even well known for not kind of like sticking attempt. with things and kind of just like, you know, giving, giving, giving their platforms as much attention as they need and like never shutting them down. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Steam controller is discontinued. Yeah, they're they're not making any more, and they're real cheap on their website. They're five dollars now. So if you're interested in, I kind of just <laughs> owning a piece of history from this yeah. gaming decade, the Steam controller. Because do you remember when that came out? That was such a big deal, and it was all part of the PC Master Race. And it was like, well, you fuckers are always complaining about using a mouse and keyboard. They have a fucking controller, and it's you put your fucking thumbs into it. I just remember hearing the phrase haptic feedback a million fucking times, and I still don't know what it is. Like, I don't want to. I don't want that fill mm-hmm. in my brain. You don't. It's it's quite sexual. Okay. Death Stranding patch. Yeah, this is um, a thing we kind of all sim- like criticized is the font size is tiny on Death Stranding and they're get- it's getting a patch for it. So Thank God. This is the tweet. Good news. We're working on another update to address the most common requests from players such as availability to increase text size or dispose of individual vehicles. This update is set for around mid-December. We appreciate all your thoughtful feedback. Hashtag Death Stranding. I nearly don't want to play any more Death Stranding until that comes out, and I'm only going to for Game of the Year shit. Like, because of the text size, because I find it so frustrating. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good that they addressed it, because it is just, it's, it's awful. Like, yeah. you need to be able to read some of that stuff, and it's just not doable. Battle. Brian. Yeah. I want you to sit down. Okay, sitting down. Uh, listen, buddy. Yeah. I got some bad news for you. Yeah. Battleborn shutting down in January 2021. Battleborn is shutting down yeah. in January yeah. 2021. Yeah. In like in thir- 13 and a half months from now. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to play as Colonel Fuggins. Um, no more Whimsy Bat, um, Johnny the Ace. All your favorites are, they're going. Would you have any favorites you'd like to add? Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, have missed anyone. Um, guess, um, uh, Goggles Magoo. Oh, no. And, big, uh, ang- big Angry Pasta. Big Angry Pasta and L- Lady Nighttime. <laughs> Her face was a moon. Who's your favorite Battleborn character's name? Uh, Lady Nighttime. Oh, she's just yeah, a classic. like just just, just a classic. <laughs> um, um, Why is that so dark? So odd, like so obviously real. Uh, big hat, little boots. Oh, big hat, big hat, big hat, little boots, big hat, little boots. Boot. Oh. That, that, that was my favorite chant at all the esports events. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all those, all those precious moments. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, this hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, after we've laughed, kind of at this, do you want me to read a really sad tweet from the writer? <laughs> no. So, yeah, go. so this is from Aaron Lind and he says I fucking hate this I know it's no small feat to patch the game to be playable offline but the idea that the game will just evaporate is something I've been dreading for years and now has a hard date that's three years of my life not just that Battleborn probably the, is the most personal game I'll ever make I poured everything I had into those characters <laughs> 
everything. Oh, no, we're all, no. I burned out and tired making that game, and soon it's all be gone. Like, oh, that's so sad. Like it never existed at all. I'm kind of heartbroken. I'm so sorry for laughing. It was yeah, just no. moon face. <laughs> Lady night time. What was he thinking of? Um, so, so the servers are going to be down. I, I just, I guess, it's more the contrast of our yeah. stupid joke with how genuinely sad that tweet is. Yeah, it's just like it's like another um, example of kind of game preservation and just how sometimes like we're always online games. Yeah, and like your nightmare about just gone. games disappearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here it is. Like, because I'm sure. It's, yeah. Hey, hey, hey! As someone who's real into the Matrix Online and how there's a small group of people that are keeping that dream alive on a private server, and like Devil's Third on the Wii U, the online server, and that's gone. <laughs> Where are those people? Like, it's tough. Like, what if that's your favorite game, and the and they're like, you can't play anymore. <laughs> Can we do a few more names? Yeah, I like Joey Piranha. Joey Piranha is really good. Uh, it's just a fish. Tough and gruff, the dog is always, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm ready to gruff." If you want to send us in your lady nighttime fan art, rough and gruff. Yeah, just please send go it. right. Ahead. Send us your favorite Battleborn ship. Yeah. Um, do you think like when Overwatch was getting all this shit earlier this year? Do you think Battleborn were like, "No, it's our time. We can get our fucking edge in there." Servers are no, being shut I down, buddy. <laughs> I really want to know some. Okay, if Battleborn is your favorite game, how how are you? Oh no! If someone released a video essay on like, hey, Battleborn is actually fucking great, I'd watch the shit out of that. It's like, a two-hour yeah. video on Battleborn. Because there must be some good stuff about it. Like, and like, I, some of the characters. <laughs> like, oh no! It's like it, it, it came out when uh, May 2016. Is, yeah, is that when it came out? Yeah. And it came out, and, and Overwatch released a free beta the weekend. It because because it was coming out a that week. That was that was. It was so sad. It yeah. was like an instantaneous death knell. Overwatch buried it before it even had a chance. Yeah. Oh. Jesus, I think we clowned too hard. <laughs> Look, we didn't know I'd read that. <laughs> I feel bad for that guy. And yeah, that must be a fucking gut-wrenching feeling. Yeah. Anyway. I think we have one last one. We got two. Oh, okay. Uh, Resident Evil Spirit Board event at Smash Brothers. That's very interesting. Sure. Uh, they have one more character to add for their season pass, and they already have a couple of Capcom characters in there. Do you think this makes the lo- likelihood of Leon higher or lower? Leon's uh, Leon's got a very good relationship with Nintendo. The only mm. reason I wouldn't think Leon is because I don't know if they do another boy with gun. Yeah. Ooh. But he could be a boy with knife. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like in the Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Jill's in it. Like She has like gun attacks and stuff, but a lot of her attacks are like a zombie will attack her and she'll dodge so the zombie hits you oh that's, that's cool fucking cool like something like that could be really fun yeah it could uh, I, I, I I, think they'd make him a bit goofy the way they do with Snake his wind pose should be the throne appears and he sits on it ooh that would be good <laughs> yeah um, Half-Life Alex announced Half-Life still exists everyone in VR form <laughs> like because <laughs> I just think it, I think it's I think it's Matt, Brian, why didn't they get you to do the I, I just I just think it's really good that like because you know the way Valve and Valve are just so ahead of tech most of the time 
And they, they really have their finger on the pulse about what's the next big thing. And they anticipate it. And you go like, no way. And they go, way? And so I just think it's, I think a lot of people are going to get the opportunity to play this. What do you guys like history with Half-Life? Uh, the orange box. Yeah, orange box. Because I played the first one on PC. Wow. blew my mind. I've never played the first one. I've only played the Half-Life 2 kind of trilogy. First one's just like a really good survival horror shooter thing. Like, it's scary and it's cool. Um, Then the second one came out and... Which is 15 years old now. Yep. People love that game. Never quite saw it myself. Uh, I just don't give a shit about seesaw puzzles. I like a good seesaw puzzle. Because it's like... I hear a lot of people talk about like, oh, the physics and Half-Life. They're so great. Just fucking seesaw puzzles, man. I I remember as a teen, someone was like, do you know that they brought in like psychiatrists to like advise on the like facial acting to make sure that it was authentic? Why not just another human? I, I would believe that Valve did that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe they did for counseling. I don't know. Valve if it... have like economists on their staff to like calibrate like game shit. <laughs> They're weird. Um, the trailer for this looked really, really cool. Like it, it looked. Yeah, I thought cool. so. It looked like a VR game, but like, I liked the this bit specifically where Alex is like rooting through um like a shelf to find the the actual last bit of ammo, and it was kind of like ammo scarcity where that it's was actually the physical. Bit where I kind of perked up and I was like, oh, okay, mm. and like. I'm, you know, in 2019, I'm not that into Half-Life. I'm not that into VR. This trailer sold me. Yeah, like, I would love to play this. Uh, I, I, When I had PSVR, I really enjoyed it. But it just is not uh, fit for my living situation. I don't know how, like, this is something that I'll probably come to much later and really enjoy. But, yeah. I feel like with VR, I'm still kind of waiting for them to get it right. Because I'm not interested in the journey. I just, I just want it to work. Yeah. I get you. I, I can see why some big long-term Half-Life fans are a little upset by this announcement. But also, like, if the powerful thing or the cool thing about Half-Life was it was kind of this progression of a technology, you can kind of see why they went for VR and also they have a stake in VR. So, why yeah. like, yeah. it just seems like also, the obvious... But imagine being the person who's like, okay, you're going to direct Half-Life 3. Because, like, Half-Life 1 and 2 are two of the... Maybe the two best, like, series of games ever. Like, like, sorry, best regarded series of games ever. Like, people have such a crazy reverence for those games. Living up to that expectation, like, that's why no one wanted to touch Street Fighter for, like, ten years after Street mm -hmm. Fighter 3. Because they didn't want to fuck it up. Jeff Christmas on the podcast. <laughs> um, but... It's probably why they didn't put a number after this one and put Alex as the subtitle. Probably a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. Just another story in the Half-Life universe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see how people take it. It's out next year, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Cool. Like, and I like to see people going on VR. I, I, I think VR has the potential to be amazing. I just don't think the technology is there. Did you hear what Phil Spencer said about it today? Yeah. He was just like, we're responding to what people are, are people are playing, um, asking for, our players are asking for, for the next generation of Xbox, and no one is asking us for VR. Uh, so. I like the way the headline was cropped to no one is asking for VR. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so like that that's kind of confirms that Xbox is not is Mo- not going that route. Like yeah, in a way, yeah. I didn't like that he said that because part of me is like like the part of the reason i like you know developers console or games or whatever i want like i want to see what they think and what they think the future is because who like i'm fucking nobody what the fuck do i know Mm -hmm. you know like i don't know anything and i want to see what they're gonna do and so when i see phil spencer i guess being like we want to see what the players want that personally puts me off a little bit because it's like so you guys don't have a vision here i think their vision is probably too much of a loss for us which is it's like i'd love to see what microsoft would have done in that space i think their other rationale for it was just so kind of it was a bit annoying it was such a pr marketing speak it was like when you like play vr you isolate yourself you put a headset on and you know we're about playing together Eve, if we all could just put down our phones yeah. and just go <laughs> like it's that shit that's yeah. all that is and it's just the next generation that and like i think when you look at the potential viewer has to connect people like fuck off that looks amazing you mm-hmm. know? i just don't want to come with some wires yeah oh yeah, when yeah, they bring out a problem. wireless one i'm on it yeah, yeah totally mm-hmm. and apparently there's some stuff like the oculus quest maybe i don't know too much about vr because what do we take some emails you guys know that we have an email address fuck off do we we are not fuck on <laughs> <laughs> i tell you we got an email address it is ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com that's ask let's fight a boss at ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com that was scottish that was my normal speaking voice <laughs> do you i'm not i'm irish Eve? i'm so sorry Canceled. Done. uh <laughs> It's ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com. Neve, I heard you say ass. <laughs> ass. Yeah. I heard you sneak that in there. It's not that. It's ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com. Ask That's why I said it's, ask let's fight a boss. At it's, it's ask boss. Um, it's, Where we, the ass bosses, will answer your questions. <laughs> yeah, we will boss that ass, I'll tell you. Neve, what kind of emails do you like? Um, Short ones that tell me how cool I am. I like those too. You, you like the poem ones, don't you? I do. Uh, should I read one? Yep, go for it. I'm on it. Um, uh, dear Neve, John, and Brian, thank you so much for the podcast. It's really amazing. I wanted to ask if each of you could only have experienced a single medium of entertainment, such as written literature or film or so on, your entire lives, which would it be? Why and why did you fall in love with the medium? Thanks again. And this is from... Kebef Jazz. I pronounced that wrong. So sorry. It's okay. So only one piece of media that you could experience ever in your life. One piece. Are you serious? Yeah, it's really good. So we're talking about like one series only as opposed to like TV shows, movies. Yeah, one piece of like... like So if you pick like The Shining, that's it. You get The Shining. Yeah, you get The Shining. Fuck. So, like... Yeah, I'm one piece. Music, film. Really? Just so quickly, just one piece. Yeah, there's a lot of variety in it, and I like everything about it. It's good shit. One piece. Huh. Okay. It also goes on forever. It goes on forever, and once you finish it, you just read it again. One piece. Like, the main lad's a good laugh. It's got Usopp in it. It's got, like, Frankie's in it. Like, Nami's there, too. The lads are there. 
I think that's a good decision to kind of go to pick one that's a journey that you can kind of last with. I've grown up reading it in One Piece. I find that so hard. That's such a difficult question. Go, go with your gut. Go with your butt. You Yu show. Yeah, see? Oh, both of you are, aren't picking games. Like this. Anime's better. Fuck. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually believe that at all. Like, my, at all. But, like, the thing is with the game... My hands are too busy. I can't play the games. I don't... There's no one game... But, man, I could rewatch... Like, Yu Yu Show is the piece of media in my life that I have returned to the most consistently and just watched over and over and over again. And every time I love it more. Wait. Do you, do you get, like, franchise spin-offs, or is it, like, the manga or the anime adaptation or a video okay, game? Okay, yeah, you need to you need to clarify what bit of One Piece are you talking about? The, the manga, manga. Okay, no, the digital colored manga of One Piece. Okay, That is my specific, specific answer. <laughs> um, Hang on. A single medium of entertainment. Whoopsie. <laughs> Single medium of entertainment, such as written. Okay, manga. Manga. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to. Just... Did you read any more of that manga? Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> so me and John, we like some mangas. We like hentai. Um. Cool. It's not, it's not hentai. Okay, I was gonna say near, <laughs> um, near automata, like just. If that was it, but since the question has changed because ah, I read it wrong, yeah. yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It's um, like you got it, the beautiful robots. Yeah, you got cool. the you got the sexy maid. Yeah, yeah. You got the sexy little butler boy. Yeah, but since we're going with medium, I think video games. Yeah, video games like like video games are like books. Well, I guess video games. To be honest, yeah. Okay, then maybe I go with movies I love movies as well you do, you love, do movies. love movies oh uh, yeah okay I, I could see more movies than any other piece of media a you year you could see more movies than any other person <laughs> I just need to make sure they all get watched we met uh, Brian actually... at 5 o'clock and he was like I watched 4 movies today <laughs> it's yes. like okay um, movies are fun they are it's weird because like like the medium I engage with the most is video games. Mm-hmm. The medium that's had the most impact on my life probably anime, like anime TV shows. So you're going with anime? That's your. I think I would. Yeah. It's your bread and butter. Okay. Yeah. And like, okay, we're Can't gonna be the anime cop. I don't watch anime. <laughs> Fuck the cops. And you're switching from manga to film. Okay, yeah, movies, movie time, cinema boy. Okay, and, and your video games. Video games, yeah. Neva is the only real gamer on this. Uh, it's true. Yeah. My cousin said that to me once. He's right. You Thank you. don't play fucking games. Neve's the only one who actually plays games. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with him. Yeah. She's the most hardcore gamer. Yeah. She likes the gun games. Mm-hmm. That means she's legit. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for finally noticing. <laughs> okay, I got some quick fires. Yeah. What's your favorite junk food? This is from Topher. Supermax fried chicken. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you eat much junk food, Neve? I like dark cho- chocolate with sea salt. So, no. Okay. But what uh, percent dark chocolate? Are you uh, 70. To- 70. Well, okay. My mom has like 90% dark chocolate. Oh, Michelle, that, Michelle that's eats, just fucking weight. Like, Michelle eats 90% and sometimes oh. she gives me some and it turns to ash in my mouth. That's so bitter. That's such a, such a challenge. I like. I mean, 
yeah, I guess it's not junk food. Crisps? I like um, uh, black pepper crisps. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> all fancy. Okay. This is how you do it, right? There's this restaurant in Dublin city centre called San Lorenzo's. Okay. You go there, you go real early on a Saturday morning because you do not want people to fucking see this. You look at their menu, you order the Cocoa Pops French Toast stack. That is a stack of French toast covered in Nutella, peanut butter, bananas, cream, and Cocoa Pops. Takes about 25 minutes to eat. Cancel your plans for the rest of the day. Go home, wash your clothes or burn them, and just lie in bed. Because you're fucking disgusting. But it felt real good. That... That's my favorite junk food. I do it twice a year. Fair. Yeah. I've seen that monstrosity. Yep. Yeah, I think there's a photo of us all at brunch. I think that was one of the first Let's Fight a Boss photos we took. Yeah, I'm, I might reuse it next year. It's a good mm-hmm. photo. Oh. Neva's long hair in it. I know. Crazy. And I haven't look... had long hair in, like forever, Neva. Yep. Yeah. I look the same because I always look the same in photos. John's just looking right at you. What's your favorite Irish band or artist? Oh, that's a hard one because you know no good ones, yeah. that's not true. Um, Neve, I'm really on. enjoying Pillow Queens right now, and if that sounds like a lesbian thing, it is. Um, <laughs> uh, Pillow Queens are a really good uh, pop punk kind of riot girl band, and uh, a band I like called Extra Vision released a new song today called Our City, which is about. How shitty Dublin is in 2019. It's very good. I'll link it as my loot drop. <laughs> Extra Vision is a fucking amazing name for a band. It really is. Um, like Hosier is nice. Remember we met him, Andrew. Yeah. His sound. He was really nice. Yeah. Um, so, like, I like him because our friends are doing all right, and we get to play Smash. <laughs> That's. Is that a legit answer? Absolutely not, but we'll take it. Yeah. I, he seems to be doing, you know, he's, he's, he's doing good out there. He, he's not causing any trouble, is he? Probably no, not. no. <laughs> like, people love him. Okay, like, yeah. Like, he's very popular. He's like a good boy. Yeah, because, you know, the way it was like, like, Bono is a disaster. Oh, yeah, but Jesus, he's like a demon. Um, If we're going for, like, you know, old, like, Irish group, like, um, Cranberries. Oh, the Cranberries are cool. Mm-hmm. Zombie. Great song. That, what a song. That Americans love to put on their Halloween playlists, not realizing it's about the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's about a zombie leave the living dead. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> um, the cores, you know. Except yeah. except, except for Jim Core, because he's a conspiracy oh, yeah. theorist. Yeah, he yeah. He, he went off the rails. Yeah, uh, he's he's not very good at it. Yeah, there's no real, like, Irish bands I like. I think I kind of resent Ireland a little bit. You do. You need to get over that. Or you guys need to get under this. Gotta switch those verbs around. No. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't really think think anything. Uh, Reggie Snow is a rapper as well, like, who's from Ireland, who's who's doing pretty well and is pretty successful. I I don't know who that person is. See, you guys just don't actually listen to our character. Yes. <laughs> don't actually listen to Irish music. We don't listen to the radio. Yeah. These are mostly on YouTube. Like, Bewitched were cool. Brian, just stop talking. 
I just like Turn of the Millennium music. Um, if you guys were in charge of a high school and had to design a uniform, what would it look like? It would be uh, slippers, shorts, and a dressing gown. Wow. I don't believe in uniforms, so none. Wear nothing but a smile. Uh, John? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, like a suit of armor? Fuck it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Full suits of armor. Yeah. No weedy kids in this school. Okay, you can't tell. Everyone's the same when you're covered in steel. Well, the one who can't move. <laughs> um, who wins in a fist fight? A goth, or a goth person or an emo person? Mind you, goths include tall Scandinavian metalheads, but emos can include one big guy who blasts Linkin Park on the speakers in my university's gym. So, are Linkin Park... Like no, they're new mo- new metal. But I think I I think I, th- I think now they've like aged and blended. Out, I think it. Yeah. If you chart it out, I think new metal is closer to emo than it is to goth. Yeah, I I think the emo would win. I think the emo has more at stake. I think goths can be quite pacifistic if they want to. Like they're they they could be. Yeah, they want to listen to their troll music. Yeah, <laughs> I I think goths are quite peaceful folk. I think emos aren't as peaceful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I agree. Like, under all that hair is just, like, a little ball yeah. of violence. Yeah, they're very... They're very energetic. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they, they're quite aggressive folk if they want to be. Um, Neve, why don't you take this one from Adam? Oh, Final Fantasy X2? Should I play Final Fantasy X2? I just finished Final Fantasy um, X and I really enjoyed it. And I was wondering if X2 was a worthy sequel and a satisfying ending to the first, or was it just a cheap cash grab? Sorry if this is a dumb question. It is not um, a dumb question. First of all, <laughs> first of all, young man, you're gonna have to learn to believe in yourself a little bit. That was a perfectly adequate <laughs> question. Um, I would not call it a satisfying ending to X. It is absolutely not that. That this is a spin-off. That is a fun romp with friends you remember and not something not something that really progresses that story. In fact, like the kind of the thing you might be looking for, which is kind of a bit of resolution with Titus and Yuna, you can kind of miss that because this X2 is something that's really hard. It has a percentage meter and it's really hard to 100%. You have to do the most stupid shit like just stuff you would never know to do with it without a guide play this game with a guide um like go to the engine room and stand in the corner for five minutes in chapter three make sure you sleep once a chapter just like just dumb shit that has no they do that so they can sell strategy guides right like, yeah that has to be the only reason it, it would seem so but like even with the kind of stuff with titus there it's there's a trick to it like you you tap x a lot when you're in a fire plane and yuna will whistle but if you don't do that you'll miss certain cutscenes. Um, so it's not narratively a worthy successor to 10 but what it is is a really fun time like this is the Charlie's Angels spin-off of 10 like it's got your girls and Yuna who never got to live a life for herself who lived a life as a a summoner and believed she was going to die because of it now she gets to be her own person and what does someone who was kind of a religious figure who was an icon to Manny trans trans like transform herself into a pop star an icon for Manny <laughs> you know it has like it has a good enough story but it's very separate from 10 in a lot of ways as well 
So I think you should definitely play it. Like it's, it's like fun. a weird fever dream of ten. Yeah, and I yeah. say that as a positive. Yeah, it's like it's it's fun and it's wacky. And if you like those characters, you'll have a fun time revisiting it. Uh, play it with a guide. Um, don't expect too much from it. Uh, I, I think you'll have a great time, especially if you if you like ten. But just don't go in looking for resolutions. Just a party. Okay, I got one more question. One more email. It's from Felix. These are some more quick fires. Go for it. Okay. Uh, who do you want to beat the shit out of you? How has this become a euphemism for like, like, sex? <laughs> Neve, where are you? Neve, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, because that's what it is, right? How come, like, no, like, it's beat the shit out of you. What does that mean? It makes you stronger. Someone comes along and like they'll hit you randomly until you can't move anymore. But why would you want that? It's not who you want it, but it's going to happen. So who do you pick for it? Uh, Kirby. See, that seems sexual. Oh, it's not. Really? <laughs> I don't know if it does, Neve. <laughs> like but a... when you like, to, you're like, oh, I'd really like Ormika to beat the my, shit out of me. You two are always <laughs> the one to bring that up on the podcast. I don't talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, you do. Um, but like, so I feel like there is this crossover. It's not, Neve. Like, it's not sexual. It surely it's, is. It's not. At um, all. <laughs> I would like no one to beat me up. Neve. Ever. Neve, do you want to be to fucking like do you see you're making a face that doesn't suggest that i'll be punched oh you will <laughs> but okay look I'll, I'll give you an example okay like not sexual okay. at all just like a normal thing. okay or mika <laughs> john stop smiling <laughs> it's so funny whenever john and i go to wrestling no like, brian shut up, shut up no don't don't no shut up i don't even know what he's gonna say but i don't like where this is going <laughs> just like this. brian Brian, no. Okay. So no, Brian. I'm Kirby. John's Armika, and Neves Tubi. I mean, no. Like, do you want no. okay? Well, then who do you want? Do you want Pain from Final Fantasy X two? No, we we are like um, kindred butch spirits. Uh, no, I Thyrocroft. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. But I don't want to be. I don't want to be beaten up by her. I would like to go on a nice dinner date. But what if she like kicks the shit out of you? No. <laughs> She's like, she, she pushes you down a hill at one point. Maybe just, like if it's like a gentle like, rolling down a hill like, that's floral. No, no, no. She like punches you in the face and she's like, I can do that whenever I fucking want. She's like, she's, she's like, me. let's arm wrestle. And she's like, she lifts up her, she rolls up her sleeve and you're like, okay. Okay, up to there, good. Uh, anything after that? She, she, she fractures your arm. I know. In the arm wrestle, and then you're in the hospital, and she's like, "Are you okay, sweetie?" I don't think I understand male sexuality. I think I think if you're extending this to all males, you're not. Okay, <laughs> I don't under think this they understand your sexuality. <laughs> oh God. Okay, I'm sure you're gonna have a long think about editing this section. <laughs> what product placement in Death Stranding? Okay, okay, that product placement in Death Stranding is pretty weird, huh? What's your favorite product placement in any media, uh, be it weird, good, or disastrous? Uh, actually, I was thinking about this in other video games. My favorite one is in Crazy Taxi. They have Tower Records and Levi's shops. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think it's funny because it's like, it's Sega trying to make like a weird version of America. And if you're ever in Shibuya Crossing, they do have Tower Records and a Levi's store. And they were like, those are American brands. Let's put it there. And like, it's 
contextual to the game because people do need to be dropped off at Tower Records in the Levi's shop. And I just thought it was very funny. It also doesn't like break that world at all. It doesn't, mm-hmm. no, no, but it but it adds to the charm. Um, there's a anime film I really used to like when I was a kid called X, and it's about seven heavenly dragons versus seven sh- dragons of shadow. Not just seven characters versus seven characters in a big city. It's a beautiful, fun, silly movie. Um, and there's one shot where the main character in his big badass cloak jumps off a building and then there's just one shot of him of like a coke a neon coca-cola sign just filling the screen and you see his little body drop past it and then it cuts away beautiful <laughs> and like it's set in tokyo so i was like yeah that's sure. kind of like, kind of like the opening to blade runner the original blade runner it does all that too but yeah like, like it was a really nice shot yeah and it was cool like the neon sign was really well drawn how are you neve um i don't ever like when it happens so I can't really think of mm. uh, I like the what Diesel uh, Devil May Cry 2 crossover where they got alternate uh, outfits that was really funny because it was just like the the photo sets of them all together and Dante has a little silk scarf that's cute it's pretty good I like uh, maybe I like fashion ones more one of the worst ones of that though is Final Fantasy 15 with the with the wedding dress because it was just <laughs> Uh, every person was in the town was just like Vivian Westwood Vivian Westwood and like the the town was built around getting to the Vivian Westwood store every time like when it took so long to get to that part and all the guards were like it's a big fucking crowd and then you go it's like eight people I cut that criticism out of the script but I do think it <laughs> thought it was really funny because more like reverence was given to the Viv- Vivian Westwood dressed than to like Luna Freya herself as a person I'm gonna play the Arden DLC of that think you gotta you gotta okay what's the best kind of milkshake uh i love a vanilla malt milkshake vanilla malt shake crunch up some kinder bueno muy bueno jam that shit in yeah uh and then if you're feeling fucking wild like if you're if you're in it for the night get some fucking bacon bacon and milkshakes is so good and drop it in there you have and then that. if you're really, really in for it, just drop a shit ton of LSD. <laughs> I was with you there. <laughs> Bacon and milkshakes is surprisingly fun. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I don't like milkshakes. I think Neve, I've you're had the milk like girl. Yeah, but I, milkshakes are too cold. Okay, so Neve just wants a cold glass of milk. Uh, I'd, I'd have a juice over a milkshake, like a good mango juice. Mango smoothie is very yeah, mang- good. Ma- yeah. Mango smoothies are awesome. I love getting them uh, on holidays for breakfast. I'm a big smoothie fan. Mm-hmm. Smoothies are great. What's the best deal you've ever had with a purchase? I thought you'd like this one. Running. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of them, but the most recent one where I bought a Switch Lite and it came with a free 60 euro game for so- no fucking reason was very good. That um, is good. And so I just flipped the game right away and I got 60 euro off my Switch Lite. I remember it maybe it wasn't that good a deal but I guess at the time it sure felt like it when I got my PlayStation 2 I kind of went for a deal where I got four free games I think it cost like 300 pounds which was like a lot of money four fucking games man that's a lot yeah and um, that was a really magical night because I had just come back from Irish college my parents were like okay 
He went, he spoke Irish for three weeks, we'll buy the fucking PlayStation. And we went out, we got Pizza Hut, and we went and bought that, and it was the happiest day of my life. John, I think in a future episode, we we, we have to talk about Irish college and what it's like. Sure. Yeah, did you do Irish college? Oh, God. It fucking sucks. Um, yeah. I, I don't really remember stuff like that, because, like, um, but <laughs> oh, I love a good deal story. Um, I get so happy about other people's deals. The best uh, one I can remember is in a secondhand bookshop. I bought the an art book of Metal Gear Solid Two oh. for uh, ten euro, and on eBay it's worth two hundred euro. Nice. Yeah, that's and that's very satisfying. It's a really really nice art book, so I probably won't ever part with it. Yeah, I have a Metal Gear. I think my favorite art book I own is a Metal Gear Solid art book. Yeah, same. Gorgeous. Um, probably some figure collecting deals here and there. Like I collect the JoJo Super Action statues, and I'm pretty sure I got a few good ones. I don't think I've ever paid any less than slightly too much for every figure I own. <laughs> that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Those aftermarket prices. Okay, that's it. No more emails. Don't ever send. No, don't do. Do please send us more emails. Okay, we're shutting the emails down. Are we? Um, we're showing down for 2020. It's just going to be think pieces for 2020. Yeah, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of actual changes to the podcast in 2020. Um, Brian and Eve will no longer be here. We're going to have a lot of moments of silence. Yeah. Um, there will be some changes. Eve just shot me like the first intimidating look she's ever given me in a <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> we'll see it. what the Queendom does in 2020. Oh, I know what it's going to do. Maybe it will. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like you tonight, Neil. You've been fucking with me all evening. Um, let's say we take some Patreon shoutouts. That is patreon.com forward slash LFAB. We have a Patreon. Did you know that? If you join, there's a $3 tier. That's nothing. It's $3. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's like $1 for each of us. But, you know, it's it, it keeps the podcast running. We just... It, it, it's cool. And, like, it doesn't even have to be your money. Like, steal a credit card. Like, <laughs> yeah, we don't care. <laughs> we don't give, we're, like, we're never going to look into it. <laughs> yeah, like, how would we know? Um, big influx of patrons recently for reasons that elude me. Mm-hmm. But boy, we we do yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, Th- thank you so much, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, really everyone. Like, everyone like, is beautiful and great. Every individual one of you is yeah. a superstar. Yeah, and you all have nice eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Patreon shoutouts, and you can type whatever you want, and it'll sound something like this. Okay, this is from uh, dollar sign mo mo cash dollar sign. I I think. Shout out from Texas to my brother who just got out of the hospital. We haven't yeed our last haw. <laughs> that that really made me laugh when I read it earlier. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Like the, yeah. just the just the idea that dudes from Texas unironically say yeah. Um this was written back in March, so um I hope all's well in your family, buddy. I hope you're still yee han. Yeah. yeah. Every day, every fucking day, buddy. Um 29 scene uh, says shout outs to all the deadweights I feel you buddy and Neve do you want to take this last one from 
Libico. Libetio. 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 Can you guys all shout Bazinga at the same time? I need that for blackmail. Yep, let's do it. Three, two, one, go. Then we shout it. Okay. Three, two, two one, go. go. Bazinga. None of you. <laughs> <laughs> Just say Bazinga. <laughs> okay, actually, this time. <laughs> I, oh, no, no, you're not. <laughs> I will. I will. I super will. Okay, three, three, two, two one, go. go. Bazinga. Damn it. We have to. This is a request. I've yeah, got to do it. We yeah, got to yeah, do it. Someone played three dollars for this. I think all three of us said it. So uh, you did you not didn't say, say it. it. Oh no, I know I did. You. Is this your anal play? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather say anal play a hundred times than say the B word. You gotta say it, Brian. You gotta say it. Bazinga! Oh, there you go. You so can bad. like maybe edit all three of those together because we're not probably going to say it in sync. No, it's, I think we've been here a very long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guys, thank you so much. We we do appreciate the patrons, and it's it's super cool. Let's say move into our loot drop. Um, Neve, why don't you start us off? Oh, I think I mentioned already that it'll be uh, Extra Visions, our city. <laughs> I don't think you did. Mention. I think I did. Yeah, you swooped in and saved that one. <laughs> yeah. John, what is yours? <laughs> um, this one is from a friend of the podcast. Our good buddy Foxcade recently put out a video called Gargoyles Retrospective. And I loved this TV show when I was little. And I really like this video because it both reminded me this show existed and why I liked it. There's some beautiful people in that show. Yeah, yeah. That fucking blue gargoyle. Yeah, he is, he is hot. Mm-hmm. But he's like the hottest one. He's like the, the red gargoyle is cool. They're all good. They're all good. I, I was spoiled for choice. I really, really wanted to be a gargoyle when I was growing up. I had a little toy, and it was like you put the like stone plate on him, and then you squeeze his legs, and he goes, and all the stone falls off. It's pretty good. Uh, mine is Palpatine's Art of Camp. Have you guys seen this video? Yes. It's just a video essay on Palpatine, and I just thought it was very funny. I just think it. Like, I think it's just. I just like that there's a video essay on Palpatine out there. I think everyone is coming around on the prequels. I think it's happening. Yeah, and now yeah. all we have to do is wait for another three movies to come out and people will come around on these ones. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, how it works. My favorite scene in all of the Star Wars movies is Palpatine telling the legend of Darth Plagueis to Anakin in the opera. And the music is so fucking creepy. And he just tells him, and then he has this weird crooked smile at the very end to the punchline of that story. And Ian McDermott is just having the time of his life. <laughs> and uh, he's going to be in the new one, and that's the only reason I want to see the new one is because Palpatine might be in it. If he's in it for like two seconds, that's enough. I just think he's really funny. He's just a, like, what the fuck is that guy? He's a wizard. <laughs> yeah, he's just a weird wizard having a, having a laugh. Yeah, space wizard. But he's so mean. Prequels are good. Neve. <laughs> Parts of the prequels are very good, yes. You know what? I got no beef with the prequels at all. I saw the first, I saw Phantom Menace when I was like 11. Thought it was the coolest shit I'd ever seen in my life. A double-sided lightsaber. Don't know how that works, but that's fucking fine. Guys, thank you for joining us in this episode of Let's Fight a Boss Video Game Podcast. Um, Brian has prepared a special just end no. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done now? You prepared a special ending for this. You, you told about it before the podcast. You were like, there's some stuff I got to say. And I was like, you know what, Brian? You don't even got to tell me what it is. It's fine. All right, fine. I'm going to sing a song. Croak, croak, ribbit. It's the sound of the frogs all along the swamp at night. Nice. 
Hold my hand, come close to me. We're sheltered by the moonlight. Out of the park. Yeah, that was really beautiful. Thanks, everyone. Bye.